South Connection. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for the AEW Podcast. You know what that means. My name is Jordan Duncan. I am one of the two hosts of this show, along with my co-host, Mr. Andrew Reich. Andrew, welcome back, as always. Oh, welcome back. Episode 23, we are all grown up. Yeah, I know. It's ironic because we have some news right off the bat. We are officially rated uh, TV Y7, so we actually got bumped down a little bit. Yeah. You remember? Do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that song for Luchasaurus you pitched? Yeah, you like the dinosaur. That's gonna be marching, our new theme. Marching, <laughs> What do you think of that? Raw. <laughs> That's the new show. It's not called. It's not called. You know what that means? It's called. Welcome to. What do you think of that? Roar. <laughs> I mean, that opens that us up to fun- more topics. Wouldn't it be funny if we like did the Mister Rogers treatment of like. The goings-on of professional wrestling and trying to explain, well, the owner of the company did a very bad thing. (laughs) And it cost him a lot of money. (laughs) Do you kids know what money is? (laughs) Mr. Cage is happy that Mr. Boy's daddy is dead. That's not very nice. Yes, we are all grown up. Uh, not in Detroit. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're trying to hit the big venues, like we said on the last show. Uh, now, but. You know we are we are adults. We know how to speak to. We know how to do adult speak. So let's go ahead and start the show where the main event will be barbed wire everywhere and a shark cage. <laughs> Is there enough gimmicks? <laughs> wow! Is I'll there, tell you, I saw there gonna that be a one. Scaff- Is there going to be a scaffold with barbed wire on it? <laughs> We're talking about Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho for Dynamite, yeah. the Fighter Fest, and yeah. it's like I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I'm sure the pain maker is going to bleed buckets, but. Jesus Christ! Yeah, like, how when long you... is Fighter Fest, by the way? Like, is it? It's it's longer than Fire Fest. Fire <laughs> Fest lasted about two days. Right, right. Well, that's kind of like a joke name based off Fire Fest, and now we're like in year three of Fighter Fest. But it's like Dynamite was Fighter Fest week one, night one. Then Rampage was Fighter Fest week one, night two. And so this Dynamite is Fighter Fest week two, night one. And then, yeah, it's 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 a mouthful. Welcome to Fighter Fest week two, night two. Coachella had less nights than Fighter Fest. Yeah, right. <laughs> what if Justin Bieber was in a barbed wire everywhere? If, if, if Justin if, um, Bieber was in a barbed wire everywhere match at Coachella, who would his opponent be? The Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: because they've done the holograms before at Coachella, yeah. Would you watch a hologram of wrestlers? Like, would you watch Bret Hart, Kurt Angle in a hologram? Would you actually go to arena and watch it? No, I don't think so. Remember, we talked about what's going to happen to wrestling when we're dead. That's what's going to happen. Oh, what if, holograms. Oh, what if it all out, FTR comes out, they have a hologram of Bret Hart, like like Luke Skywalker has Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bret Hart goes on and he's like, I'm not even dead. <laughs> <laughs> and Bret's just standing there with the hologram. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. I don't um, really like this hologram business. Well, I mean, FDR still, um, they might be looking for a new opponent. We we thought it was the Bucks. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe not. We could dive right into that, man. We we thought all out. I mean, we even discussed, I don't know if it was last episode or the one before, like, if if Bucks FTR could be a potential main event for all out, that seemed so written in stone, and it might still get there, uh, but it wouldn't be for the AEW tag titles as of right now because the Bucks lost them, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. that was the main event. Um... 
we did not discuss it because it hadn't been developed yet. Yeah. Uh, between the it, they called it a triple or nothing match. It was basically a three way dance between mm-hmm. the Young Bucks and two teams that we had talked about in our push book release that we absolutely adore: Team yep. Taz, aka Starks and Hobbs, yep. and um, Swerving Our Glory, which yep. is Swerve and um, Keith Lee. And they were teasing breakups between yep. Lee and Swerve. Yep. But For they weeks. came out the winners yep. on this one. Yeah. Yeah, there was a spot where uh, one of the Jacksons got the tag belts and started hitting a couple people with them, and then he was going to hit Keith Lee, and Swerve got a hold of it, and he looked over at Keith Lee like, should I hit him? Uh, did you bite on any of that? No. No? Okay. No, I, I thought I thought, I thought, thought it was, um, oh, you mean the finish. You're talking about, is that was that the finish? Yeah, like, did you bite on any of the false finishes? I thought that might have been the finish, yes. I thought when, I think the Bucks did hit, um... The V trigger on, uh, I think they hit it on Swerve. I was like, okay, they're retaining. I really thought that was the finish. So yeah, I didn't think Team Taz was gonna win. No, like, there was no, there was no point. I will say, Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I was gonna bring him up in a second. The the Spinebuster, everyone on Keith the Lee, spot. freaking frog splash, <laughs> just unbelievable stuff. So Keith good, Lee dude. does a no hands plancha, like it's like what? Dude. Like they really pulled out all the stops. It's a fantastic match. There's an interesting dynamic in AW because. I think for the most part, the AEW roster is fairly small. You know, like you think WWE, you think of the bigger guys like Roman and, Go- and Brock Lesnar and stuff. And the AEW stars are fairly smaller. But when those big guys get in the ring, there's a buzz like Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. Like whenever Hobbs and Keith Lee, and they've wrestled each other before, but when they get in those stare downs, the fans are like, okay, they like that. Yeah. So I would even throw Lance Archer in there. He doesn't really have a buzz, but no. like when he has those big man showdowns, people dig it. Like I was, um, uh, um, I don't know if you knew this, but Kevin Nash just started a, po- a podcast with Sean Kelly. I did know and he started a podcast. I haven't listened to it or anything, but I knew he started he one. Told a, he told a story about a conversation he had with Shawn Michaels when he visited NXT. And this is no slam on Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn's doing the best he can there, training those guys. But he was trying to tell – him and Kevin basically had a conversation, and he, re, he, <clears throat> he like talked about it in the, on the podcast about how – they were going. To, Kevin thought they were going too fast, and Sean says, "This is what they want. If you do tests of strength, people are going to walk out the arena." I'm here to say right now, Shawn Michaels, and I, this is—he's my goat. Shawn Michaels is wrong. Yeah, like, I agree. The, like the the uh, the main event of Dynamite in New Orleans was a was Kobashi. Not wow, I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, it felt like it though. Wow, what Joe a get. Versus, <laughs> Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. And they just chopped the crap out of each other for the first five minutes. I don't remember anyone leaving. Right. You know? Right. I don't remember anybody leaving Rampage when Keith Lee and Hobbs were beating the piss out of each other. People love watching that stuff. Right. I think I think maybe there's something what Sean says in the sense of like you couldn't just trot out like what's the the guy on Raw? Veer? Like Yes. Veer can't do like a test of strength with Dominic Mysterio. People will leave, but that's not only because it's the test of strength. It's because it's Veer, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I think even in AEW, like I don't think Bear Bronson could come out and do a test of strength, and people would really eat it up. But yeah, people still like simple spots still work, man. The only thing yes. Matt Hardy does well anymore is headbutts in the corner. <laughs> like, but the crowd chants for every single one. Like, that yeah, like Danhausen does nothing. He right. literally curses people. Right, he curses people and takes bumps. <laughs> Tony Nese's Tony Nese's finisher, and I think Tony Nese is a, is a completely fine wrestler. 
he's his finisher is a knee to the corner. Yep. Like a very simple move. Yep. Like, but it, it looks great. You know. I mean, maybe Even if Tony just... Storm just adjusted a little bit, she could make her hip attack a finish. She's <laughs> yeah. less knee, less less hip, more knee, Tony. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know a lot of guys who might take that move, but um. <laughs> But um, yeah. No, I, I, the one thing about Sean, I think the point he was trying to make is like, the move set is va- is more vast. Sure. That's true. Like, sure. I think I don't think the injury bug uh, uh, in AEW is an accident. I do think a lot of these guys they take an they take an irregular toll. Like I feel like it's mm. a little bit harder. It's a especially on a ca- weekly cable um, schedule. Like you you're you're. You're hitting it a little harder than like GCW is, who have a show once a month, and um, you know Ring of Honor's dead, but you know Impact tapes and clusters. Sure. Like sure. when you're when you're doing what the Attitude Era did in WCW and the WWF, when they were just going full throttle twice a week, you're going to run them dry. Mm-hmm. And we're not in this, uh, we're not in that grizzled, tape it up and keep going mentality anymore. It's just I know people will call them snowflakes, but the truth is, like. These guys, the wrestlers are smaller, they're more prone to injuries, and you also need to reserve them so that you can keep their long-term value as a company. So I understand why you, like, I don't think there's such thing as an off-season in wrestling, but I think every wrestler has their own individual off-season, that makes sense. Right. I, I, I think, too, this is a weird comparison, but, like, Okay, it's 2022. Like I've I've heard people say like you know, we think of like our grandmothers and stuff like that. Like uh, autism and uh, mental illness and mental health and stuff like that. We hear older people say, "Well, that stuff was never around back in our day." It was, it just wasn't diagnosed, right? You know what Correct. I mean? Like, and I think with with wrestling now, like people are like, "Oh, back in the day, those guys didn't get hurt like they do now because they're sloppier now stuff like that." No, it's just that they didn't reveal the injuries because they just kept working back then. You yes, know, like they just popped they, some pain they, pills, they, they got didn't know where their next pay- and died they didn't when they were 45 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I think, yeah, there is an injury bug. I agree with that, but I also think it's a good thing to to know. And WWE does this too. Like to their credit, you know, guys get put on the shelf now more than they ever did before, and they should, man. Like it's it's basic like human decency to be like this guy's banged up. Let's not bang him up anymore. You know, so I, I think. When we look at the injury bug now, we think go back to like '80s WWF or even the '90s, the Attitude Era, when like competition was at its fever peak. How many guys were probably working with concussions and pulled muscles and and tears and things like that? But they had no choice to take six weeks off. They just wrestled. That's what it. made the Cody thing so curious. He had a choice. Oh, absolutely. Now, God, listen. Shout out to him for doing it. You know, if it's your choice, like, um, you know, everybody knows the story about Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers basically played a, a really important NFL playoff game on a torn ACL. Yeah. Shout out to him. Now, if you're that's a team sport, if you're if you're performing at a really uh, at a lower par level because you're injured and you just don't want to admit it like Drew Brees did at the end of his career, sure. then uh, that's selfish. But the but the truth is that in wrestling, if you can if you have a good enough performer to protect you and be able to deliver the same spots that mm-hmm. fans are expecting then you did your job and everyone's happy and everyone i mean melcher gave a bunch of snowflakes to that cody seth rollins match and that's awesome we've had we've had situations where 
people got banged up by injuries. Kenny Omega had a million of them, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that they weren't all AEW closing in I on a year think, off at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think he, um, I think he was on the, I think he took a lot of lumps in AEW for sure because of his style. But I think a lot of it was from New Japan and oh, how hard he went. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that dude never stopped for literally like four years. I will add one more thing about Philip Rivers. Uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I can guess based off what I know about him. He probably impregnated his wife with a torn ACL too, because he's got like <laughs> he's got like fourteen kids. So the odds are it happened that's at what, some that's, point. That's why. That's why the middle, That's why the initials is ACL for that kid. Yeah. <laughs> Adam. Adam Childress. Adam Ch- Change his name, last name to Livers. ACL Rivers. ACL Rivers. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, listen, it, the, every, we all want to be Willis Reed. I mean, it's sure. cool. Like, sure. it, um, who's on, who's the other one? Like, you know, Kurt Angle with the broken freaking neck. Like, yeah. everybody wants to be a hero, and that's yeah. great. But you do have to check yourself. You do have to make sure. And there's also, you know, mental health issues, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a grind. It's a grind. Roddy Piper called it the sickness when you like hit the road and you just hit a point where you're like dead inside right. and it's like it like you don't even enjoy doing it anymore you're just you're almost like a zombie yep. you're a zonked out drug addled zombie well i mean look at john moxley like that that life probably led him to what brought him into his his personal demons that got him thankfully he's going to rehab and stuff like that and dude's firing in all cylinders right now but he's awesome i will know. say this this is just my warning we don't have to dive deep into it because we're not even close to all out I'm pretty sure it's going to be Punk versus Moxley. Yeah. Don't be shocked if that comes into the forefront as a, as a kayfabe storyline. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. The, you have the to straight edge guy versus that. the guy. Yep. It's the guy with the demons. Right. I, I've been talking with uh, our good friend Steve Willie because he, he secured some tickets to All Out. They went on sale last week. He's got tickets. Woo-hoo! Uh Officially in Chicago, which we kind of knew. Yeah, it's but, in the Now Arena, yeah. which I guess is Hoffman Estates. Yeah. And they're kind of selling it like – a week in Chicago. They're selling the Dynamite, the Rampage, the, the all-out thing, sort of like WrestleMania. And then I think they fly. They go to Buffalo the week after. But uh, look at me, Andrew, learning the learning the, the venues and where shows are being held instead of <laughs> waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> but um, I've been talking with Steve. I'm like, if for some reason Punk just isn't cleared in time, what's our main event? And I guess that's a fun little question to ask. If, if Punk can't come back, what do you think the main event of All Out would be? I have, I have. Um, I'll give you two one to three because choices. of recent news. Okay. okay, I'll get. Let me let me get yours first. Okay, uh, I think Hangman Page is a decent fallback. I don't want to see it because um, I think it would feel like just he's a placeholder. I think you could always slot Jericho in there, but I think the best choice would be Eddie Kingston. Okay, if Punk I'll, can't go, I think the best choice would be Eddie Kingston. I'll give you. I'll give you one. Uh, well, I'll give you a, a one-on-one, and then I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you a multi-man one. Okay. The the one-on-one Hangman Page versus Moxley. Okay. It's a it's a great fallback. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I lost the title, Punk. I got my chance to get it back. Okay. The other one is a finals for a trios championship between Kenny and the Bucks versus the the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm, okay. Bring it on. Yeah. That I think people would fill up the seats. Then would we have to assume Brian's back or just Claudio Brian, just take his spot? Brian, Mox, and Wheeler. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Brian Brian may not be back either. Like, I think it's more likely that Punk is than him because Brian's stuff seems to be the concussions that have plagued him for quite some time, which is kind of a sad story. And 
you know, obviously we wish him well. We know Tony Khan listens. I don't know if Daniel Bryan does. Yeah, and you don't <laughs> want this to be like a Johnny Unitas Chargers, uh-huh. Michael Jordan Wizards thing where you go out on your own terms, but right. you you kind of like drizzle out the the remainder. Brian Danielson was my wrestler of the year in 2021. Yeah, like, like he, he certainly hasn't fizzled out here in AEW, but, you know, eventually, especially with head injuries, diminishing returns become part of it, but also like diminishing returns in terms of quality of life like you start have to you know i and again i have no idea how severe his injuries are he might just be like we talked about for the past five minutes he might just be saying you know what, i'm gonna take extra precautions and make sure i'm 100 percent rather than just say i think i'm good and jump back into it you know yeah i think we're seeing what you would call load management yep and yep. i think that you know it's kind of the tilted back to kenny because a lot of these there's recent news that came out of fightful that omega yeah, is today, going to be coming back today soon. yeah yeah, it came from uh, Fightful Select, and mm-hmm. that um, he's basically coming back, and that he's gearing up for the Bucks, and that might have been why the Bucks pivoted off the tag titles because they're going in, they're finally going to do it. They're going to, you know, I know we have a million belts, I know we can throw some in the trash, just like Sky Blue did on NXT. Oh wait, I'm sorry, that's Corey Jade. And uh, <laughs> I, but let me tell you, trios belts fucking bring them on yep. like i am ready for the trios champion well trios belts like you said okay yeah there's a lot of belts but trios belts are unique because other companies don't have them correct and i think it's something AEW excels at like to be fair there were six man titles in the uh in the nwa days uh, yeah i, I just really meant modern modern nobody them. has them yeah correct i don't think it was never monetized mm-hmm. it was never turned into some kind of like special division it wasn't an x division there was not a six-man division in the attitude era or in smackdown like right. nobody knows what that is it's something that's unique to aew so we've got a so, full month and a half until all out so there's plenty of time to get some stories going but let's let's work on that uh and say kenny and the bucks are coming back with for a trios match I mean, there's one that pops to my mind, but another situation with injuries. I mean, would you think that it would be Kenny and the Bucks against uh, Cole, Cole, and Red, Cole Dragon. And Red Dragon? That would probably be the earmark. Yeah. You know, I would love – I dream I, I dream matched a one. I would love to see him against the, the combat club, but yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah. um, but yeah, like I mean, I think it would work. But if you did a whole nother – trio like the best friends and orange cassidy i think mm-hmm. that would work too and yep. there, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do with trios because you're just basically the, the other thing too is and we've talked about this from the very beginning of this show is that AEW is so associated with factions everything is connected yep. so all these guys have associations or alliances or yep. allegiances to where if they if they link up together to make a, th- a three-on-three team then it's not like Huh, that doesn't make sense. They were just feuding. Whereas, like, it's like, oh, actually, I kind of get that. They were together and they were kind of buddying up and they were in New Japan together. And, like, there's a way to explain it through and you don't have to, like, basically make it up out of thin air. Right. And the combinations are so great. Like, there's there's really very few combinations of trios where it's like, God, that match stunk. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, like I said, I think it's something AEW excels at. Even House of Black against Kenny and the Bucks would be just insane. You know, like that would be great. That'd be wild. So, um, but that yeah, that news just really came out today from Fightful Select that Kenny Omega. There's not a date, but that he's close to returning. Yeah, he wanted to come back for Forbidden Door, but he said he just wasn't ready. He also was working Mm -hmm. as an agent um, until early this year because he felt like his progress wasn't going quick enough because he was on the road. Yeah. So, so so let's go back to what we kicked off with with this tag title change because I think the big topic you and I have been texting about 
uh, hot off the heels of that really awesome tag title switch. By the way, that match was awesome, right? Like, that yeah, was I, awesome I don't want to give I don't I don't want to give it five. Yeah. I give it like four and a half. Like yeah. it was it was a little too short, but it was fantastic. It was short, but what made up for it was I did not expect a title change at all. Like I, in no my mind, did. it was Bucks win. Bucks are gonna dodge FTR till all out. All it all out. FTR beats the Bucks. That's what I thought was the, happening. The <laughs> last five minutes of that main event are bliss. Oh, yeah. It's Not Alexa bliss. Wrestling <laughs> bliss. I like, mean, there's there's legitimate spots where two or three legitimate, like, close close calls that, that I bid on being, oh, that's Ricky it. Ricky Stark's got the spear. That's yeah, his finisher. A good one, one of too. Or Shampoo is another one. But, yeah, he hit him, and he was like, all right, uh, hot spine busters, everybody. It's yeah, like it yeah. was some great stuff in Keith there. Keith Lee did a flip over the top, which he hasn't done a whole lot of lately, but it was wild. But uh, off the heels of that, uh, and, okay, so we're talking about the new champs. We've got Team Taz. We've got the Young Bucks. We've got FTR, uh, House Red, of Dragon, Black. Red Dragon, House of Black, the Lucha Brothers, we started talking about the greatest tag team divisions in history and where does AEW's tag team division rank? Um, just the depth of AEW because all those teams that we just talked about are teams that could theoretically win the tag title on any given show. Would you agree? Yes. Like, like especially those those top singles acts. Right, like, right. if Moxley and Danielson just knuckled up, yep. who's beating them? Yep. You know? Or even, okay, Mox is the interim champ. Okay, so, so Danielson and Claudio. Boom. Same thing. You know? Right. But then you've even got like a mid uh, like a, a mid card of tag teams where you've got like the best friends, you've got the acclaimed, they should be the main event, but that's just me. Uh, you've got the Gun Club, you've got Hookhausen, which I don't know if that's done or not. Um, you've got uh, Butcher and the Blade, you know your mileage may vary there. Um, Private Party, these are all competent teams that can have good matches. The then Hardys you, when Jeff Hardy comes back. The Hardys back. when he's back. Yep. Then you've oh uh, Andrade and Roosh act as a team. Mm-hmm. I'm um, on a tag team. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's your name in Spanish, Andrade Rouge. <laughs> you didn't forget, you can't forget about the wingman. Oh, wait, yes, we can. Yeah. Well, um, that's what I was but, getting to is like, then you've got your jobber teams. You've got uh, Bear Country, uh, the wingman. Um, there's a couple Whatever others. combination of JAS you want to use, yep. you know? Yep. Oh, uh, uh, Dante and, um, Dante and his Matt brother. Matt Sidell. Yeah, Matt Sidell or, or Darius when he comes back, like. Top flight. That's what I was trying to think of. I yeah. mean, there's so many teams, dude. Like, we probably just listed 15 teams. The Varsity Blondes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about why they're good. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the barrel now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then even too, like you've got you've got Ring of Honor teams that are like this this uh, Gates of Agony or whatever they're called. The freaking Briscoes are wrestling on Saturday. Right. Right against I mean, FTR in a rematch. So obviously you can you can you're in good graces with them where you can bring him in. Andrew, do you think the AEW tag division is the greatest tag division in wrestling history? Not like today, but like let's say for the last calendar year, because I think mm. you got to look at a stretch of time. Because if we okay. go to the last calendar year, then you can include Jurassic Express as well too. Right. So. The thing is, this is why I kind of had to get your expertise on this one for the historical nature of the tag divisions. Because the thing is, when you think of tag divisions and like, oh man, the eras. Like sometimes these these tag teams don't always interact over the years. If you really want to get super inside baseball, like the Midnights and the Horsemen never really got together. You know, and and 
there were other combinations of of tag teams that they just like they just missed each other in terms of number of years and their mm-hmm. primes. Like even the Steiners and that's Gorey what I was thinking Williams. with like the. The, the the best run of like the NWA like right I don't, I don't think but, the signers slot in there but if you like later. just but if you do listomania and you just look at the years and you're like oh yeah there was this team this team this team yeah. this team you don't have to necessarily think about man the matches they had against one another you just think the total body of work the right. composite right. the composite of it of them all like I could even, let me just say this as a big picture thing for the tag division about AEW and we can get into the minutia of like the best teams or the best tag divisions. The thing that I've always really liked about, like, when wrestling, when a product in pro wrestling is really on fire, or when they have something going for them, is that they are at, they have that resource, whether it be WCW in the 90s, the WWF in the late 90s, um, even WCW in the early 90s in all Japan, and, uh, and what even SmackDown in 2002, where it's like, no matter it's like it's like a break glass in case of emergency there's a fallback where it's like mm-hmm. okay if everything that we book goes to shit we can always rely on that yeah to save it like the and wcw I, cruiserweights comes to mind the wcw cruiserweights uh the x division in tna yeah like the um the smackdown six that we talked about like that was that was a very special time when yeah. you had those six guys because that that was almost like all japan who we're going to talk about a little bit, I believe, on this list, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the goats of tag divisions, where not only were they amazing wrestling and tags against one another, they were great one on one against not one another. So like it was almost like having your cake and eat it too. Yeah, and like because the SmackDown so, Six was really like four singles guys and then a tag team, three tag teams, yeah. and then also Haas and Benjamin came at the end. <clears throat> yep, you know, and, so, and Tajiri and, snuck in there sometimes with the Guerreros, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just to give you, just to show you how amazing all Japan was, that uh, ruthless aggression, like six months of incredible, insane wrestling that those six or eight people did on SmackDown, all Japan guys, the four pillars, the original four pillars, they did that for ten fucking years. <laughs> right, right. Like that is insane. Against each other, that. like, and other guys obviously right. got thrown in, but they just kept going back to each other. But there's other styles, like you said. The cruiserweights had tags, but they were mostly one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. The WWF in the 80s had ridiculous tag teams. Let me tell you a story. I have never seen that five-tag-team-on-five-tag-team Survivor Series match. Oh, never oh. what's funny is as you're talking, I'm thinking, like, in my head when I think tag divisions, I always go to those, that Survivor Series 87 and Survivor Series 88, mm-hmm. the tag teams. Yeah. I just remember thinking, you can have that many people in a ring? Right, right. It was like ridiculous. It's like a battle royal, but only two guys were in the ring at once. All the rest are on the apron. You know, (laughs) it's it's like Fight Club. Is it a good match? Right. Um, the the second one is more memorable because it has uh, that's when it's it's a weird finish, but like Mr. Fuji turns on Demolition and the Powers of Pain survive along with the Conquistadors. Um, but yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, it's not like a. It's not going to be like anybody's top 10 all time or anything like that, but it's it's well remembered because of yeah. the spectacle of it because but it also isn't outright a bad match or anything yeah, like and that. And for WWF, they're rock and wrestling at that time, um which you really liked uh in terms of for the tag teams. The bombasticness was what made them great. They were right. also great workers from the um from the regional era. So yeah. and then you know, they have they have other stretches where tag teams were really on fire that you wouldn't even even expect like um, 
NXT. NXT had some great tag oh, teams yeah. for about, I didn't for about four yeah. or five years. And so it it kind of comes in waves. We're just talking about tag teams. But there's always a fallback on every product where they're like, all right, if things go to shit, we can always rely on this. For the WWF in the 90s, it was their main events. It yep. was their attitude era guys. Like, Rock will get us through. Yep. Stone Cold will get us through. Yep. Taker will get us through. Like, they they will rescue the show. Sean and Brett, they will rescue this this in-your-house crap fest. But <laughs> but the, for the for AEW, the thing that's pretty amazing, they have gr- they have really good one-on-one matches. They have like they have one-on-one main events and title main events that seem to be on a level of being much like well above satisfactory. But the tag division is so great yep. that when they start hit clicking on all cylinders, you're almost at a level where you're like, man, like it's almost like TLC two at WrestleMania seventeen, right? Where it's like, all right, you can't top that. <laughs> right, and then they like, go for no another seven minutes. Are, yeah, yeah. Like no matter how much you give them, like they're not gonna top it. Like right. so, <clears throat> it's I've always looked at like I think a lot of promoters have always been obsessed with the tag division being just like the secondary thing. Like it doesn't matter as much. As secondary the thing or uh, a way to slot a guy that you have earmarked as a single into a holding pattern. Or you, know you don't I mean? have room for in the singles division mm-hmm. for someone, so you just put them. Which is honestly in what there. I thought they were doing with Keith Lee and Swerve, but they're the tag champs right now. So like right. sometimes, sometimes you fall, it falls into your lap, you know. Right, uh, and they work, and they work together really well. Right, you know, exactly. I've I've complimented Swerve so many times, and so, uh, and Keith Lee also shout out to him. He's finally caught up mm-hmm. in terms of his conditioning, and he's he's right in he's right in lockstep with what he needs to do. Yeah. But the thing too is like these tag teams like. These guys could all like lead the division, all of them. Like, mm-hmm. if you had a rainy day and all the and like half of the tag teams that you just listed at the beginning of this segment went on the shelf, they would be more than healthy. Right? Like, they would be in very, very, well, very good. I mean, the dynamite that we and this is a perfect time to say in every episode we uh, drop on Fridays, but we tape on Tuesdays, so there's a blind dynamite. But the last dynamite we watched was the Young Bucks title loss. And I don't think it's coincidence that the Bucks were in a high-profile match where they dropped their titles at a time where guys just seemed to be dropping. Like, okay, well, we've got the Bucks. Let's use them. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I, I think what you're saying, like, it's it's the ace in the hole that they can always like fall back on. And right, um, and it works. You know, it works. I mean, as I think about AEW, like. When we talk, like, do awards and things like that, like, match of the year, like, for me, AEW, there's a lot of tag matches in the running. I don't... I still think their greatest match ever was that one in Revolution right before uh, right before uh, COVID. Kenny and Hangman against... Versus um, the Bucks. Yep, against the Bucks. I yep. think it's still number one. I, I think and my match of the year for last year was the Bucks against the Lucha Brothers at All Out. Amazing so, match. Like, the cage. <laughs> you know, uh, and granted, listen, I think... A risk you run with tag wrestling is I think a tag match can fall apart more than a singles match can. I don't know if you caught the Lucha Brothers against Private Party on Rampage last week. Ooh, that mess. That finish was a mess. It was bad. And, like, those are not bad teams. Like, Private Party could use some work, but they're not bad. And the Lucha Brothers are top tier, but that fell apart, I'll say this. I think Isaiah Cassidy has a future. Yeah. I think that he's the one. Like, he's the one they're going to push. But it's not – we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah, but like that match fell apart, and I think you run that risk. But man, it, it happens so rarely. Like it, it really rarely happens. The only other time I can think of it happened also happened to be a Lucha Brothers match when they fought. Uh, gosh, uh, Samurai Del Sol and 
You know, you know the match I'm talking about where they brought in. Oh my god, guys? Samurai Del Sol and um, yeah, and uh, and Aerostar. Aerostar, yep. And those that weren't and those weren't mess. AEW guys, you know. So like, but yeah, that, uh, that was an absolute mess. I mean, this listen, we're not talking about Jackie Gata and JBL versus sure, uh, sure. What was that thing? I don't even remember. It was in that fucking match. I just remember it being called like. Like the worst you, you know that fa- you know that famous meme where uh, Brian Alvarez says minus five stars. Like <laughs> I think he was talking about one of those tag matches that right. they had, at or when Jillian Hall like had her mole eaten off her face or something like that. Yeah, or Jack, or um, um we're getting off track. Charmel versus uh, <laughs> Jenna Moresco. Yeah, yeah, winner of Survivor <laughs> season six. I think that was a tag match. <laughs> yeah, that was on a pay per view too. Like that wasn't just on Dyn- uh, on Impact. That was on a pay per view. Pac-Man Jones won a tag title. <laughs> didn't Buff Bagwell's didn't Buff Bagwell's mom win one too in WCW? I think she did, yes. but at that time I just you know yeah, it, like there are favorites and then there are haterets. <laughs> WCW 2000 is my absolute haterit. Like everything about WCW 2000 is bad. Like I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, like like even ironically, I struggle to enjoy it. Like Chronic was horrible. Um, was that the the Boogie Nights with Disco, maybe I like they yeah, were okay. Yeah, okay. um, uh, the that seventies guy with uh, Mike Awesome. Yeah, you had Lenny and Lodi. Oh man, uh, yeah, but the Maestro. But, but yeah, I no, came right. up with a list of my favorite tag divisions of all time, and, and I did put AEW at number one, and that Is might WCW be WCW two thousand in there. <laughs> um, well, I didn't go down forty on my list, so <laughs> <laughs> they might have cracked it right around there. Um, my number two was WWF from like the 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 eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine range. And so if number one is recency bias, number two is nostalgia bias, like the first tag division I grew up watching. You know, you got Demolition, the Heart Foundation, the Rockers, the Brain Busters, the Rujos, Strike Force. Like those are all like Hall of Fame teams, you know. So truthfully, I started watching in 1990. Okay. What made the late 90s, like mid 80s, like even the Dream Team, like mm-hmm. the mid 80s, what made that tag division so special? Um... Gosh, that, that's a tough question. One is I think that they were presented so in the 80s, like it's famous that they ran because they were making so much money. They ran so many shows like Hogan headlined the A shows, Honky headlined the B shows. But then they had like even C-level shows. And those were usually the tag the tag champs. So they were running house shows where the tag titles were headlining shows. So I know they weren't headlining Saturday Night Main Events. They weren't headlining um, pay-per-views or anything like that. But they were presented in main events in other ways, and I think it was pretty common to see, like, on a superstar or something, like, for ta- the tag teams to be the main event of a show. Whereas you rarely saw that, like, mid-90s when you grew up, like, the Smoking Guns didn't main event a whole lot of stuff, would be my guess. No. You no. know? Uh, and I think that they were just protected really well. Like we said, sometimes they use tag teams to further s- what they really want to do with singles guys, you know? Um, and, and, you know, Hogan being so hot. I know there are C shows where he's not main eventing, mm-hmm. but you got big crowds because of rock and wrestling and right. Hulkamania and blah, blah, blah. And also, I think this is very easy to say. Tag matches just have this affinity mm-hmm. for really rallying up live the crowd. live crowd. Yep, the live yes. crowd reactions. Th- those hot tags. That I mean, hot tags work for a reason. You know, <laughs> like like an an AEW has that. Like, let me ask you this: When you went to, I know there was a big event match on your card when mm-hmm. you went to Dynamite, the mm-hmm. first your first ever one for Blood and Guts. When you walked in, did you get that feeling with the crowd of like, oh man, people are riled up for this? Oh yeah, like, because, so, uh, 
it was interesting because we were out in line getting food and they didn't have anything airing like on the screens uh, for like when they're taping dark and stuff. Like if you go to a Pistons game at the same arena and you're out getting hot dogs, they've got the game on the TVs right out in the car. It's homogenous. Yeah. Right. But here they were doing the dark matches. And so people were like stepping out of line to peek through the curtain and see, oh, who's out there? Who's out there? You know, it's just, yeah. I've never seen that before. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's but it, but it's good to have that energy. Like, and I think AEW's got that with the live crowd. And Justin Roberts like, does a great job at the. And Tony Khan, Tony Khan came out like a freaking Chihuahua, like on steroids, <laughs> and he was jumping up and down. Like his energy is is contagious. Like, so that meme of him as Scarface on the Coke table is that real? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be. If you see the picture of him like laying on the ramp, like grabbing hands with Swerve and Keith Lee. No, I have. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's cool, man. But yeah, I've seen the picture of him introducing Samoa Joe, and he's got that look on his face, like ah! <laughs> it's so amazing. But no, like the whole point that we were talking about is like you know, like for the '80s teams, when you have a live crowd and a hot crowd, man, it makes it so much better. Yep. Like my one of my favorite matches ever in WWE, probably my favorite ever, is Angle and freaking. He who shall not be named against uh, Edge and Mysterio. Just yeah. Abs- and that match was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Right. You know? <laughs> well, just to bring it full circle to what I'm talking about, like at the show that I went to, the biggest pop of the night was FTR. Mm-hmm. You know? And they had all the stars on display. But partially because they were a surprise, uh, like a mystery po- mystery partner. But, man, when they came out, the ro- the, the place came unglued for FTR. You know? Yeah. Uh, FTR bald and FTR hair, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so is, uh, you want to hear the rest of my list that I rounded out? Sure. I, I did. I did my five favorite divisions. Uh, my my favorite is AEW currently. My second favorite, the WWF of the late eighties. Uh, my number three is the All Japan Tag uh, Division of the late nineties. Uh, All Japan um, always had the Real World Tag League, which is sometimes it was like a bracketed tournament. Sometimes it was like a almost like a G one like blocks. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you had Kawada and, Kawada and Tawe, the Holy Demon Army. Um, in the late 90s, Kenta Kobashi teamed with Jun Akiyama, and Masawa teamed with Yoshinari Ogawa, who was a guy that I hated originally. Uh, he grew on me over time. Team No Fear, which was Takayama and Omori, I really liked them. Then you had your 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 big, nasty foreigners, which is like Vader and Hanson back then. Johnny Ace was still around. And yeah, I know I, it sounds crazy, John but he was good. Doctor Death. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Ace, Doctor Death. He teamed with. Uh, oh, he teamed with someone else. Oh, you know who he teamed with for a while in the late nineties was um, Bart Gunn. What? Yeah, but his oh, yeah, name was like was Mike Bart when he was done with Brawl for All. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Furness and uh, Phil yep. Moffat. Furness and Lafon. Yep. Um, they were there. Uh, that was a little earlier, like ninety six. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just great. The the depth wasn't there like it is with the AW roster and the uh wwf roster but it didn't matter dude like what made that <laughs> special is that the 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 four pillars which the yeah, original all in it. The, yep. were uh kawada tawe um masawa and kobashi yep. and 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 there's a lot of other guys and i always even... thought that akiyama was like the fifth pillar that 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 was yeah. being built before all like Japan my favorite my, my favorite one my favorite one of my favorite tag matches ever i don't know if it's my favorite favorite but for J- japanese like my favorite tag match ever is kobashi and kikuchi versus furnace and moffat mm-hmm. is like that's from like 90 92 93 yeah hold the hottest crowd you've ever seen yeah, yeah. <laughs> just amazing but uh anyways the what made that special and i think that would be my personal number one is that you had many eventers in it yep like you had guys that were yep. on top yep like going head to head 
95, I think, has like what a lot of people would consider the GOAT. Yeah, the GOAT which tag is Masawa and Kobashi against Kawada and Tawi. Right, yeah. right. That was the carnival. Yeah, yes. July and 95, so, like, yeah. But there's a bunch of other combinations that you mentioned that yeah. work like a charm. Yeah. And I, look, New Japan was not far behind. They right, had great I thought about New Japan around. a little bit, but there was I couldn't think of a specific period where I'm like, man... This is my favorite. Like, I love this. Yeah, I think they called them the Four Lions, or the Young Lions. Uh, they had the Three Musketeers yeah. in New Japan. The Three Musketeers, was, yeah, sorry, sorry Chono, Muda. Sorry, Chad and, Campbell. Yeah, Chono, Muda, and Hashimoto. Um, I prefer the Four Pillars. Uh, but I don't remember they teamed up. They usually had mega stars that teamed up with, like, Hulk Yeah, Hogan. they would have guys team. They didn't team with each other, to my knowledge. They would team in tags. But, like, for, for me in New Japan, when I think New Japan tags, I think of Tenzin and Koji, Kojima. They're probably my the two that come to mind for the but, most. But. but what I loved about those matches is, man, they go 30 minutes. Yep. And it is, like, it's a nice pace where it's slow to start. The crowd is in awe of everybody. Yep. And then you get to, like, the midway point, which is, like, 10 minutes in maybe 15 minutes in and it starts to really just, get hot heavy. like you've talked yeah. about that fourth gear uh mm-hmm. in past shows like they always hit it and it's funny like there's this myth that japanese crowds are like a little timid and stuff like that and they're not like they don't wildly boo and stuff but man those crowds go nuts at the end of those sh- at the end of those matches yes like uh, for every near fall but yeah uh the rest of my list is the 80s nwa I'm guessing like wrestling historians would probably scoff at me for putting the WWF division ahead of that, but it's just my personal preference. Like I didn't grow up watching the eight, the NWA and WCW me in neither. the eighties. I, I did, but it was in, never my I favorite. Love hinds- I love yeah. it in hindsight, but no, I never grew up watching. Yeah, because I mean, I grew up like, watching early nineties. And I think something you you mentioned earlier, because like, yeah, the Steiners were around there, but like, very late eighties. Whereas like, I think their wheelhouse was like for their tag division was more like 84, 85, 86, which is pre Steiners, you know, but you, yeah, you like have... the Legion of doom never met up with doom or the Steiners. Right. Like, and right. It, actually I take that back for the inside baseball people. Like they'd had that Starcade 89 thing, whatever the that hell weird, that like iron team tournament, <laughs> that stupid thing. The doom but got yeah, cut they out never on. Really yeah. Interacted. I also remember when the row warriors turned heel on dusty roads, yeah, shove the weight in his eyeball or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Russians... in his eyeball. Yeah. You had the rushes, but then Khrushchev went to Barry Dorso. He went to um, went WWF with Demolition. So yeah. like you know, it, it they all kind of mixed together because when you're hot, when you're when you got um, when the a rising tide raises all boats, like you got people jumping ship. It's and funny you mentioned I think the, the one. Uh-huh. I, I said it's funny you mentioned the Russians because we've got a what if question later on, and uh, Nikita Koloff comes up in my answer. So. <laughs> oh wow. So. Um. The, but the one lucky thing I will say about AEW, unless I'm missing a few, is that they have had some shore ins from ex WWE guys like FTR, Keith Lee, and Swerve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few others, but a lot of their guys have not left yet. So right. they're right. they they're kind of like the cupboard is so full. Well, like, that and like I think full. Jurassic Express is the only team that's split up. Yeah, that I could think sure. of. Well, Kenny and Page, but that was more yeah, like yeah, that's true. level of like. But they were Masawa more like tenuous, and, yeah. And Kobashi, yeah, yeah. There right. were two guys that happened a team. So, and then my yeah. my last team on my my last division on my list is WWF from like two thousand, uh, like late ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. That Edge that Christian, company Dudley's could not Hardys. be wrong, right. In two thousand, because for real, the three the three teams in the TLC, obviously, but it's a little deeper than more people realize because you had the APA, you had the the New Age Outlaws, still, uh, too cool, which they were a hot act, man. The mm-hmm. two was super hot. You had the Radicals come in. The Hollies were a thing. 
Um, Kane and X-Pac was a team. Yeah, they were tag teams for a bit. You know, and you could even throw the Rock and Sock together, you know, like at that point. So there was a lot. Uh, who did Al Snow team with? Was he, he, tried like a... to, he tried to team with Mankind, but I think he wound up teaming with Steve Blackman. <laughs> That's right. He did. Head cheese. They're head called cheese. head cheese. <laughs> and they fought TNA at, at WrestleMania, the WrestleMania that didn't have any singles um, matches. Bull, Bull Buchanan and the Big Boss Band, we won't remember that uh, one. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one will be forgotten. <laughs> this That was a, that was like a one where it was like, all right, we're giving up. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but but um, now the, when it was the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian, just like – they were most mostly young. I don't remember how old the Dudleys were at the time, but they were all hungry and ready to prove themselves, yeah. and they, yeah. they, they did it. And then you had those mid-card tag teams that would get the opportunity on pay-per-view, and you got all these red-hot crowds, sold-out arenas, wanting to see The Rock and Steve Austin and Triple H and blah, blah, blah. And it, it kind of feeds back downwards. Right. And yep. It's 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 awesome, but you know, but I do think again what Trump, what AEW trumps is that I think people go into the shows wanting to see the tag team. I agree. Yeah, like that's I, the I, difference. I, I, we posed the question a couple episodes ago, like could FTR and the Bucks be believed as a main event of All Out? And like, I'm a little iffy on if it could or not. But the no, fact but that I know there'll be a main event. But on the a fact that we even bring show. up the question, yeah. you know, we would never question that. Like. The, the question for WWE would be like, can the Usos and the Street Profits headline SummerSlam? Hell no. You know, like, that's not even a, it's not even a discussion. Whereas at least in AEW, you can have the discussion. You might wind up with the answer, no, not yet. Did you have any uh, ones that you thought about but didn't make your top five? I was trying to think of like ECW in the 90s. What about like, TNA when they had beer money in the Motor City Machine? Yeah, games? yeah, they were good. Um, I liked I liked Triple X, uh, like Elix Skipper. Yeah. And, uh, that Daniel. match with America's yeah. Most Wanted yeah. in the cage yeah. is still great. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Man, whatever happened to you look skipper, I wonder. I have no idea. Is he still in Orlando looking for the impact zone? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he might be there. Do you remember do you remember we were talking about stupid themes? Do you remember that one where it sounded just like up in here by DMX? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it Tom Skippers? Prom Tom Dare. Oh, I do. Prom Y'all gonna make me lose oh my, my mind. I'm here. Prom Tom Dare. I just remembered Eli Skipper's voice thanks to you. <laughs> he was talented, man. He was really good. He's like... And that one spot where he walks the cage. Yep. I mean, that might be... Probably not TNA's most famous moment, but it's like in their top three to five most famous yes. moments. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, I mean... The tag division is absolutely great right now. So when you do the tail of the tape, they're still no- AEW is number one. Yeah, for me, uh, for me it is. Um, and again, I fully recognize that I might just be like leaning heavily into the recency bias, but whatever. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of fans will go NWA eighties just because of the regional. Era. I think so too. But like historically, I think NWA for 80s... me it's all Japan because of the body of work. It's yep. just like. Holy crap, they did this for a decade? I mean, they're the only one that has a tag match that many people could consider to be one of the, I don't know, maybe 10 best matches of all time. Right, you know, right. So, And then SmackDown 6 is, I, I, I absolutely adore it. The problem is it wasn't long enough. Right, right. That was the problem. Uh, speaking of not long enough, um, I feel like our show's never long enough because there's so much stuff to talk about, you know. Um, right. Like I, we always say, we're not a recap show because we're we're not every week, so we can't be like match by match results although sometimes we do that uh we're kind of yeah. like just look at what's what's hitting and what not what'd you think of the wardlow orange orange cassidy match i thought it was decent yeah. like I, I i think 
I think there were people who really. I thought the crowd really liked it. Yeah, you know, I thought it was and that's well not booked. Surprising. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I thought they were able to kind of like do comedy in the beginning, mm-hmm. but not make Wardlow look like a dope. Right. But um. But once he gets his hands on him, he catches him in the power bomb, and it's over. You know, I think it was a big deal about it, and I was very curious with, is I wanted to see if the crowd would turn on Wardlow at all, and they didn't. Right. Like because Cassidy's really popular, you know. So I thought it was a really interesting experiment. Like, is this guy as popular as as we want him to be? Let's see. Let's put him against. So because we when I, when I say this, when we think back to when he uh, was in that ladder match and he won the, the TNT title shot. We were like, oh, they didn't want to put him against Sammy because they didn't want to risk him getting booed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think you compare that to where we are now, I think they're like, okay, we can put him against anybody and people are still going to cheer for him. Yeah, and it was good timing because of the fact that Scorpio Sky, who was holding the title, mm-hmm. Genie, yeah. he um he got hurt. Yeah. He, well, I think he wow, got... really? That's rare? <laughs> An injury? <laughs> An injury from a Laker? Yeah, no, weird. Yeah, right. but, um, but um, yeah, I think he had to go on the shelf. So they, they put the title on Wardlow. It was a nice victory. He got the confetti to start the, the dynamite that was in, um, I want to say it was in Rochester. Yeah, the only thing that was disappointing about Rochester, the crowd wasn't oh, there. dude. I didn't even mention the Dark Order is one of AEW's tag teams. <laughs> oh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, yeah, right. Like, Did you see Alan Angels is in Impact now? I, I saw his like farewell message to AEW. I didn't see he was an impact already. Though. He was just on dark. He, I think he had. I think it's his quote last match. It was. Uh, it was yeah. against. Um, God, I think it was Daniel Garcia because he's getting ready for. Because since we are now a Ring of Honor recap show too, yep. uh, we, we got <laughs> uh, we got Daniel Garcia getting ready to face Wheeler Yuta. Um, You're going to uh, get in that pay per view, correct? I'm man. This is challenging my fandom. I'm thinking about it now. I did not get. The show that was uh, that was in March. I don't remember what it was called. Supercard. Uh, uh, Supercard of Honor. Yeah. I didn't get that one. Uh, it just didn't have the sizzle on the stick. I didn't, but I tracked down that tag match based off word of mouth. Briscoe's match. That's yeah. that's even Steve Willie adored. Yeah. Yes. Now they're doing it again. Is it watch party esque? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm right. going, it's take takeover. Let me say this about takeovers. They got to a point where you had to watch them. Yep. Well. But from and then it kind of drizzled to a point where it's like, eh, I could probably watch this alone on a Saturday night, and maybe like Netflix something right after. I agree. Yeah, and not think about it again. Whereas now with NXT shows, like I don't think about it. Period. But um, when it comes to this, the card is solid. The card is really, really good, and I think I might do it. Like this might turn me into, as MJF likes to call me, a fucking mark. <laughs> but I think I'm going to mark out and just go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're listening you don't know, uh, FTR and the Briscoes are facing off again. You got Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta for the Pure Championship. That's going to be a fucking uh, banger. The world I'm title supporting. is Jonathan Gresham against Claudio. What do you think happens there? you think Claudio wins? I think Claudio wins. Jonathan Gresham, I'll say this, his promos, oh, my God, it's a Ugh. 2 out of 10. Yeah. God awful. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. He is now Put the octopus heel. mask back on and get out of here, pal. <laughs> he is turned He is turned heel. He's now joined Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Yeah, TBE, uh, as I call yeah. it. <laughs> is that what the land – what was that What was that thing that Rudy Giuliani went to, the landscaping place? Yeah, it was Four Seasons. <laughs> that is that Tully, – Tully Blanchard Enterprises is right next door. But yeah. – uh, <laughs> but anyways uh, – yeah, like lame heel turn. Didn't really have any like yeah. hot sauce on it on Rampage. It was yeah, like block. He fought, he fought Lee Moriarty the next week, and it was kind of like me. 
you know. But I will say this about Jonathan Gresham, and despite how short he is, which is amazingly short. Yeah, John Silver um, might have an inch on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how Bruce Pritchard likes to say, and then the bell rang? Talking yeah. about, like, guys that look amazing, but then in the ring they can't go. Jonathan Gresham can go. Oh, yeah. Like, once they start doing that chain wrestling stuff, he's great. He just needs to do a little more high flying. He needs to just got. He just needs to get a little bit more active on the outside. Maybe like get out of the like that mat technician tech, uh, mentality and start to really mix it up. But he's talented, man. He like he can. He's really really quick. Right. Yeah, I I think that he loses to Claudio because I think that Jay Lethal beats Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe just hasn't even been seen on TV like. I, I think Lethal picks up the the TV title, which is I think that's because the they're trying to sell the beatdown that Lethal's yeah. team Joe. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Hey, um, okay, here's a hot take question for you: Has Joe been a dud in AEW? In AEW, yes, I think in so, Ring too. of Honor, this is the chance to rectify it. Yeah, what if he goes out there and then he just like slaps the shit out of uh, Jay Lethal <laughs> for twenty minutes? What if he does the Satnam Singh the basketball thing that he's been Satnam's been doing other people? Bounce, but, <laughs> But, but like not 40 times? And, <laughs> as trademarked by Jordan Duncan, the not te- not too terrible Satinum Sink. But um, yeah. NTT I is what that. I call it. <laughs> um, the only thing about Claudio, just to circle back, that does bother me is that, and it's very small, when Brian Danielson introduced him and teased him for as his replacement opponent for Zack Sabre Jr., he tried to say, like, I found the one who can do all the things I can do. Claudio Castagnoli cannot do submission wrestling, but I will say one thing that Claudio Castagnoli is becoming now. He is the submission specialist killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm really small and I'm scrawny, but I can tap you out. Oh, let's get this Swiss guy that's going to throw you out around like a fucking <laughs> ragdoll. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But um, I think he's going to have a great match in that main event between Claudio and um, Gresham. But, man, wow. FTR Briscoe is going to steal it again. Well, that's a question you actually posed in our notes. Is Claudio Gresham the main event, or do you think they'll end the show with FTR and Briscoes? You know what? It is going to be the FTR and the Briscoes. They, they did I, that I whole so too, promo. Really, you to Daniel Garcia. I've seen some of their stuff and footage on the indie scene, and God bless them. They were doing indie matches during quarantine where literally no one was in a gym. Yeah. And they were tearing it up. Yeah. So... I think they can have a great one. Um, and there's a couple others. I think and Mercedes sure Martinez. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll throw. Oh, yeah, Mercedes is. Is it Serena Deeb she's facing? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they'll throw some stuff like Tully, Tully's tag team is going to kill some guys. Uh, Brian Cage should wrestle Cheeseburger, please. <laughs> you know <laughs> yes. who I saw? You'll know. I mean, JT Rosero is going to get a big pop of the, out of this. Yeah, John Walters. John Walters, a.k.a. R.J. Brewer. He was on our elevation. He lost to Tony Neese. Yep. He just, out of nowhere. Yep. I mean, that's a. Speaking of the RH Pure title, that is a throwback name. Like, oh my god! Yeah, what uh, if Nigel McGuinness showed up out of nowhere? Yeah, with his iron in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there. Listen, it's Tony Khan. He's booking it. There yeah. will be a surprise. Yeah, I well, agree. What, what will it be? I, yeah, don't know. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> like, what debuts could there even be at this point? Like, who's who's a free agent besides Wyatt? Man, Gargano. I mean, it, Maybe Gargano's possible, but I just, I never saw him. I never linked him with Ring of Honor. No. Maybe like, a female. Maybe maybe debut a woman. Maybe like Candice LeRae. I don't know. Maybe Candice LeRae, uh, fresh off the fresh out of the oven. Uh, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I or you know maybe one of those bigger names like kind of like, and I know some people will think like this is what ROH this is the ROH that they imagine a feeder system like mm-hmm. a system where somebody who doesn't get the opportunities on Dynamite because there's just not enough time they are able to kind of drizzle down to Ring of Honor and really showcase how good they are. Um, the thing about it though that I don't necessarily think that that's the that's the direction is that if Claudio if that's what Claudio is. Then that's a really bad use of Claudio. Right. Like I don't think they're giving him the Ring of Honor title so that he can just only wrestle on Ring of Honor. I think they're doing it to pump up Claudio right. so that when he goes into matches on Dynamite, they can say, like twenty five other people in the fucking company. Yes, I am a champion too. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe that's an underrated rule. You can't get a match on Dynamite unless you have a belt. So Claudio's like. <laughs> Pox out of the country. We gotta even fight. I so. did see his match on, that was taped from um, I think it was in England. They um, they decided to air it on dark um, against Shota Umino. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. So I, pretty good. I, I, I was- read online, and this is where I think AW they expect the viewers of the show to follow every bit of information that comes out a little too much. Apparently, that's the purpose of this title is for it to be defended abroad and like aired in in that type of format, which I think is really interesting. So like the purpose of the title is for like Pac, who's the champion right now to go to other places and defend their belt. And you know how that, you know how that kind of works um, for that, for Pac. It's almost like Britain will be the new indie. Yep. Yep. Where it's like, and he doesn't have to worry this, about visa issues. Weird, he can stay grainy home. footage of Pac yeah. just beating this guy. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think just the, because it looks different, it's it's unique, it's it's really clever. I don't know that it'll work, but it's interesting. Oh, um, uh, what did you think of the match right after, or the match on the same dark that they had that was taped in Japan, where Mayu uh, Yamashita beat? I didn't watch Rosa. it, honestly. Okay. I, I didn't watch. They it. they still had the thing with Japan where you can't you can't cheer, mm-hmm. so it was a little strange. Very but Yamashita, so they clap, they clap, 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 clap at everything, and um and to each his own. But Yamashita looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm she, pretty sure she, she's going to come stateside to, to face her. Yeah, she beat Thunder Rosa, jumped to number one in the rankings. Um, it is mentioned on Dynamite a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was another pretty cool thing. Uh, so Darby and Brody King. So this is kind of been continuing from. And this is something that happened. I don't. Did it show on Dynamite where Darby came out? and It tried did to not show on Dynamite. Okay, I didn't think so. They did put it on, on their social media yeah. afterwards. So Brody King eliminated Darby in that in the uh, Rampage Royale or Rampage Rumble or whatever it's called. <laughs> then he loses to Mox. Brody comes out, tries to shake, or, or Darby comes out, tries to shake Brody's hand. Brody walks away. So then we get this footage of Darby like at an autograph signing at like a skateboard shop and Brody King comes in and just wrecks him. Like starts power bombing him through tables and stuff. It was really wild and it was really cool because it was like, it wasn't a backstage segment. It was like, a, this happened during the week. Brody King showed up and said, I'm going to murder Darby Allen. Uh, so I like the this new, like, different presentations, things. Like, it looked different than what you know everything funny? else on Dynamite, you know? What if Brody King just showed up to random places just to beat the shit out of people? <laughs> like, what if he showed up at a school board meeting and the guy <laughs> who keeps objecting to the mask, he just comes and fucking beats the shit out of 
or the or the Walmart greeter that keeps looking at all your bags to make sure that you have it all in the receipt. Oh, Nobody man. likes that motherfucker. That needs to be a, that needs to be a question. It's like where would you love to see Brody King the most? <laughs> but the thing that was weird about King is that on the post show, right after he lost the Mox, and they did give him an out where. Um, they kind of went with the NFL ref controversy thing where mm-hmm. um, Brody King got him in the same hanging, ha- almost like a yeah, hanging that, choke. that choke that he choked out Darby but with. But the ref broke it up because he was sitting on the rope. Yeah. And yeah. they made a they made sure to say that, to emphasize that, to say, you know, Brody could have won if he yeah. had. Like in a battle ref- royal, this is legit. Cause all and things, then he's yeah. walking back up and Darby Allen, it's almost like he's recruiting him. Right. So I wonder if this is like some sadistic Tyler Durden thing where <laughs> instead of, you know how the Blackpool Combat Club was born in blood, maybe the, maybe this one will be born in bruises. <laughs> well, like, then we had like a cool moment where uh, Sting and Malachi Black just stared at each other on the ramp for like... On Rampage, yeah, I think, on Rampage yes. For like two solid minutes, just motionless. Neither guy moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, I, we've also got... Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. Miro's been cutting promos now on House of Black because he got sprayed in the face at um at the pay per view. So I mean, I'm thinking all out is Miro, Sting, and Darby against House of Black. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Interesting. We need a ramp combo. Yeah. I mean, where where's the ramp? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Sting's I, gonna jump off the roof of the arena <laughs> in a monster just, truck. You know how some um you know how some wrestling companies pick up vernaculars for certain things that are like unique to them yeah yeah they call the aw one the tube yeah so like you jump off is that tubing is that what they call tubing <laughs> i mean i've gone tubing but that's in the water yeah like i've tubed down the chattahoochee before you know like <laughs> have you tubed in the united center <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't get hotter than the hoochie coochie like it does in the chattahoochee but uh, i have not uh <laughs> But no, like, I wonder if Darby is, like, almost trying to create this, like, sadistic alliance right. with King. Yeah. As yeah. a single player. It seemed like it, like, hey, man, we're the, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, yes. Like, and Malachi Black obviously didn't like that, and apparently Brody King didn't like it either, because <laughs> he's just been pummeling him ever since. <laughs> he's like, you're weird. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. Just beats the crap out of him at every turn. Um, Brody King's impressive, man. That's yeah. that's one of those. He came from Ring of Honor when, uh, not when, not when the company was bought. He yeah. kind of slowly came in as the as the company was starting to let people go at the end of twenty one. Mm-hmm. And god damn it, he's really like impressed. Yep. You know, I mean, and Buddy Matthews is still there. It's just like he kind of feels like a background character, but. And you know, to be honest, Jordan, not to besmirch Buddy Matthews, sometimes that happens. Yep. Sometimes they're just guys that just fall through the. Crack. Well, and I hate to say this, but I think visually, the three of them with Brody King just his his body's covered in black with the paint, and then Buddy's just a, a body. Like visually, mm-hmm. it's not as impressive. I mean, he's probably the most like jacked of the three, but you know, I mean, there's something to to the visuals, you know. So yeah, and when he's painted white, he looks like crazy Steve. Yeah, I would love to see him, and he does. I'd love to see him against against Darby. We might get that. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a, one other guy I wanted to talk about uh, before we kind of start. Picking. Oh, Takeshita and Moxley had a match too. Takeshita, man, this crowd likes him, and I don't know. He's putting in the work. He's dude. really putting in the work. The crowd's with him. I guess I wonder if it's sort of like uh, Tony knows how long he has him for because he's on like an excursion. 
I don't know how long he's AEW's got him, but I feel like they should strike while the iron's hot because they might only have him for a time period. I mean, well, he's what? with um, he's with DDT. So I don't that's know what I'm what saying. So like, he's not a permanent AEW yeah. guy. So like, but I think that there's something special there with him in the crowd. So what what do you, what can they do with him? Um, man, what if you put him in a trio with the Lucha Brothers? Mm, okay. Yeah, that's and have Pac just kind of go on his own for all Atlantic. Yeah, because I think Pac could break from them from Death Triangle at this point. Because I feel like that this is the thing that Tony is sort of planning out now is like we're gonna kick off this trios tournament now that Omega's back. Yeah, you know now he's got all these crazy coke addled dreams in mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> and also Moxley Takeshita, te- a double juicer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, man, just um. It happened with Tanahashi, and we, we sang the praises of him, that the crowd started cheering for him. Takeshi got the same response. Like, the crowd was behind him. They wanted him to beat Moxie. And it wasn't a title match. It was kind of a thing where they could have had him win if they wanted to. Because it was a, a, what do they call it, a contender series match where if you win, you get a title shot type thing. Um, so they could have had him win. I'm, I think it's the right call to not have him win there. But, well, you know, it, it circles back to when we talked about All Japan's tag scene in in the all-time rankings. Right. And losing, why, losing mattered, too, then. Yeah. Losing mattered, too, but also wrestling's a universal language. Yep. So yep. it doesn't matter if if it's Hiroshi Tanahashi or his name is James Edwards. Like, right. if he's or James Ellsworth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, but uh, <laughs> that's a, that was a minute ago. Yeah. But, um... When he's doing his thing and then you're not – like say you're just like not even like paying attention to his face or you're just looking at me like, come on. He's rattling people up. He yep. looks just like Shawn Michaels. Like yep. he looks just like, you know, like some uh, some great baby face Ricky Steamboat what? type that just gets the crowd going. Takesh is almost like that where if you just don't pay attention to his name and his likeness, you look at him and you're like, holy shit, that's Sammy Guevara. Right. You know? Well, you know like, who he – reminds me of and he's not in the same like you know same same era as him yet but kenta kobashi is the most charismatic wrestler i think i've ever seen mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is he doesn't speak a word of english but from watching kenta kobashi matches i know everything that guy felt mm-hmm. and he did all with his body all with his face you know and Takeshita has that you know he he has there charisma. was a there was a there was a softness to Kobashi, mm-hmm. yeah. where like he could get really intense, but when it looks like he's about to lose, you start to soften up to him, and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, oh man, please don't lose, please don't lose. Like yeah. and that's, that, that's and, not how it feels with Takeshi. Yeah. That and with Kobashi, and then the the opposite end of that was then he would have those moments where he's like, that's it, he's dead, and it would be <laughs> like the double pump, and like the neck veins would start popping out. You're like, oh, the three hundred chops in the corner. Yeah. Kenta Kobashi's gonna murder this guy now. Also, Takeshi has this one move. I still have not really pinpointed what exactly he does because he does it so quick. He does this like combination spear headbutt thing. Yeah. And it looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's so I I, I think they gotta find a spot for him on all out. Like. Yeah. But yeah, he he's really really good. I just want to talk about him for a second. But um. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're kind of flying through tonight, dude. I'm. I'm cool with that you know uh, yeah because what it is is like we talked about how they were kind of we had an opportunity to like 
we had a, a clean palette, right. and they could just kind of like go through where they want to go. Yeah, like, and just... we had that two week stretch where they didn't really like indicate where. I think the next one that we do, uh, twenty four, uh, twenty four, that'll be the one where it's like, all right, now we know where yeah, we're going we should, to all out. Yeah, the road yeah. should start to be a little bit more clear to all out by the time we get back. And I don't even think it's a case of like, oh, they're booking by the seat of their pants or anything like that. I think they have things in mind. But as we talked about at the start of the show, guys got to get cleared. You know, like, I think uh-huh. that Mox Punk does make the most sense. But, you know, unless until Punk's cleared, he's not cleared. You know, like, also, that's just how um, all there is to it. Uh, Claudio versus Jake Hager. I did not like it. Yeah, Jake Hager could never show up again. I'd be fine with it. Like, can I can I ask a question? What's the number of swings that Claudio is required to do without getting booed? <laughs> I have he no did idea. three swings and they're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you expect him to do? Fucking fifty-seven. Right. Well, like, I mean, at WWE, he used to hit like, gosh, sometimes they get into the thirties, right? Yes. So. Oh, um, by the way, did you mention the Takeshi and Eddie Kingston on Rampage? No, I didn't. That was. Oh another, my god, that was that, a that had to be a dream bombs. for Eddie. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been saying like I've been begging people watch Rampage, watch Rampage, watch Rampage. Don't watch the last Rampage, <laughs> <laughs> the one with uh, Private Party and the Lucha Brothers. Then there's there's a horribly booked segment with Athena and Chris Statlander come out for a tag match against these two girls, these, these twins. They uh, the win, renegade twins. yeah, the Renegade Twins. Yes. They win in like ten seconds. Then um, the, what's what's the wanna what's the baddie trainee? What's her name? Layla. Uh, Layla Gray. Layla Gray jumps in. And so Athena and Statler start beating her down. Then Jade and Kira Hogan run in and Just hit immediately them. beat them. Yeah, and like immediately a be- like it was a babyface thing. <laughs> it was like the babyfaces made the save, but it was Jade and Kira Hogan that made the save. It was so weird, so well, dumb. You're gonna get more of it because they had a trios match on <laughs> Dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> with Willow Nightingale, and I'm wondering does Willow like turn on him and join the baddies or something? I did like Stokely Hathaway sneaking in that thing about um, Wu Tang is for the children. Yeah, he's for the baddies, like Wu Tang is for the children. Uh, just Hathaway's some random right. things that I noticed. Ray Phoenix was wrestling Private Party in that match. He did what I was called what was called a Black Fire Driver. Now you know that finisher that Malachi Black and Brody King do. Yeah. Imagine if Ray Phoenix did that with no assistance. Right, yeah. That is head-droppingly yeah. dangerous. He also, ever... he also was, yeah. the last couple minutes of that match, he was favoring his knee, and like when he was on the, the, the uh, in the corner and uh, Pento was in the match, he was not even standing. But then afterwards, he seemed to be okay. So I don't know if that was just selling yeah. an injury or if he actually tweaked something. I don't know. I wonder if something happened. Adam Cole's got a messed up shoulder, so we haven't seen him. I'm pretty sure Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, had been tending to Cole for a while, and that's why she got poochied. But um, but she did show up, sneak in in some segment on Dynamite, I believe. Yeah, um, talk about sandbags and stuff. There's a rumor that Matt Jax got a stinger in that triple or nothing tag match, so that's why he was kind of like uninvolved later. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing I saw, I will say this: Chris Jericho can still cut a hell of a promo. I will yeah. say that. Oh, that was a great. Take what promo. you will about him in the ring; he can still cut a promo. Yeah, where promo leading into the Firefest week mm-hmm. two blah Gosh, was uh, great. Here's something we haven't even talked about: like how about Christian speaking of promos, like taking over MJF's role as just the really douchey heel, huh? Oh my God, he's terrible. I mean. The Michael Jordan of assholes. <laughs> right. So I guess my question is, does this lead to Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy versus Christian? Jungle Boy versus Christian, but he's got to beat 
Luchicanosaurus first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that makes sense. Or is Luchicanosaurus just like a short time thing and... <laughs> like he... how they call Luchicanosaurus! <laughs> or, yeah, and does he like see that he's being gone and does he go back with Jungle Boy? You think that's... Splitting him like has already... Like ruined it, or can they bring him does back he, together? Does if they he want? tell him that his name, that his mom's name is Martha? Yeah, no, no. They say <laughs> they look at each other and they say, uh, "Oh gosh, that's going to end it for Dynamite." Yeah. Tune in for Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. What's the name of the oh? What's the name of the stupid little guy that did the the, the Martha dance? stuff? Yeah, what do they look at each other and say, Marco? <laughs> and Lucha says, "Polo," and they they hug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're trying to go with the story, and I think that's what it is with yeah. Jungle Boy, is that they didn't really have him connected to a narrative. He was just a young up-and-coming wrestler who's yep. really great. Yep, he's never had and a story And now yet. They, can, they can hook him into something that has some deeply thought-out um, um, past yep. involving Christian. And Christian, his promos are still great. The thing that I like about him is that he's such a carny when he's managing, quote-unquote. I love uh, the turtlenecks, dude. The turtleneck. He's just so like smi- like smarmy. Smug. Yeah. But Smug. man, he gets on the stick and someone tries to stand up to him. He unleashes fucking fury. Right. Like he says things that even Brian Pillman would have said. That's a little too far, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like talking about having sex with Jungle Boy Jack's mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, just jumping all over. Uh. We have uh we have our notes in, in in our own in our on our own. Um, you list the matches to watch. I didn't see this one. Tell me about the Lee Moriarty versus Leon Ruff on dark match. So Leon Ruff and, and Lee Moriarty they like had a longer than expected match. It was about ten minutes. The okay. one thing I'll say about dark they will clock in at about an hour and a half, and most of it is at Universal Studios, and you'll see really random things go a little longer. You'll see Wheeler Yuta do pure title defenses against like Tony Nese using pure rules, which means like you only have so many rope break attempts and like they got some fun stuff, but that, that was pretty good. I, I wonder if Leon Ruffin is going to stick around. He was trying to do like a, a trios team with bear country called yeah, Ruffin, Ruffin it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is unfortunate tag name, but um, <laughs> Lee Moriarty, I, I thought he was impressive in that ROH match. I think uh, with against uh, Grisham. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know what? Maybe John Grisham and Jonathan Grisham are related. Oh, okay. Like the author John Grisham? <laughs> yeah, author John Grisham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he, he wrote random. a book called The Rainmaker, didn't he? Like, is he, is, <laughs> Will Okada come and team with John Grisham to take on John Grisham? <laughs> but I, I just like the pace of Dark. It's, yeah. uh, it's super relaxed. It's on Universal Studios, so you've got a very small crowd. It's intimate. You can wrestle for however long you want. Nobody cares. And um, sometimes you see some diamonds in the rough. And they actually debuted a few people. Diamonds like in the roughing. <laughs> in the roughing. Yeah. Parker Boudreaux, who WWE was super high on for a while, and they, his name – I forget his name, but he was Joe Gacy's henchman. Harland oh, or Harland. Yeah, that. yeah. He, he got cut. Well, he's there now. Along with a guy who oh I did see that a, okay yeah I saw that. a guy who was also part of a another uh, crew he was with uh, Tony D'Angelo's crew um, in in um, in NXT 2.0 and he got cut and some people were like oh of course AEW pick well who the fuck do you expect to pick him up right like NWA guys that aren't ready for TV right. what do you expect like exactly. they're gonna take a guy who's polished who's in who's been trained in the ring and knows 
how to portray a character. I mean, if he can impress on a lower level, like it doesn't mean like just because AEW signed Swerve Strickland, he had just gotten cut from WWE, doesn't mean like oh they're just getting WWE's um, breadcrumbs. Swerve Strickland is God so much more entertaining than Isaiah Scott. Oh yeah, I mean. Not even remotely close. It's just what you do with it. So I wonder if they're going to be able to do something with Budro and Arya Dabari, their manager, and um, and the Dabari's the, the... been around too, like you said. I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah, he's not I rem- green. Like he's he's knows what he's doing. I had this really weird stretch where I was watching Two Hundred Five Live a lot in mm. twenty nineteen for some stupid reason. This is the time where Drake Maverick <laughs> hoping managing. Enzo would come back. <laughs> Dude, Arya Dabari, I would hear his music in my sleep. He was on every show. <laughs> Like it got to I, I I didn't even know this. Did you know that they have some like cruiserweight thing called Level Up? No. No. Sounds like a Nickelodeon game show. Yeah. <laughs> Level Up starring Mark Summers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was fun. Dark. There was also another um match I saw that was pretty cool. It was um Dante and JD Drake. Dante Martin and uh, JD Drake. Yeah. Like they got extra time. Dude, and, I, I don't think I don't think JD Drake will ever get like a significant push or anything. But man, he's really good. Like he's legit, or just a really good wrestler. Yeah, like I, I was like super impressed. But man, I tracked down the pack, showed an Umino match. Mm-hmm. It's very. Yeah, good. I did see that one. That one, I, I watched that one and only that one from that episode. So, uh, I guess I need to watch the others. So. And also Excalibur and Taz clowning the production team because it's not AEW. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what do you think of Caprice Coleman when he uh, gets in the booth? You like him? He's rock solid. Yeah, he's I rock think, solid. I think he's good too. Okay. Is he is he gonna be like a lead guy in five or six years? No. Right, but uh, but I can see him like I can see him be a color guy on Rampage. Right, like, or I if that. somehow Ring of Honor gets like its own tapings or shows or something, I mean he could slot in there every week. That's a rumor yeah. that they might go to Bleacher Report. I heard yeah. that. Yeah, I think that would help because I don't know what they do with Ring of Honor right now. Like all the Ring of Honor belts on AEW TV just feel excessive. We we joke. You've about got it, to you carterize know? that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to. Like, yeah. I don't think they know. I really legitimately, Jordan, don't think they know what I they want to do. I just wonder if when he bought it, he th- had a deal lined up that didn't f- come through, like for streaming yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I mean, look, Elon Musk just backed out of Twitter. Yeah. Why? Can't monetize it. He went, so, he went Phillipers, had a few more kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, that. I think that's the dilemma that Tony is dealing with. Like, can we monetize this? Yeah. And pay-per-view is a good start. Yep. I'm one of the suckers. Yep. But, like... Are there more than a hundred thousand suckers? No. Yeah. Um. I mean, we'll, Not we'll for find Ring out. of Honor. Yeah. I mean, AEW can get those numbers, but can they have a really good five to six card, six match card? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you have FTR and the Briscoes in the main event, you can't fucking go wrong. Mm-hmm. But can you do something that really maintains buzz, which is what NXT had? I'll give them credit; they had buzz. Can they maintain that from like quarter to quarter of the year? I don't know about that. Right. You know. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, Andrew, it's time, man. Let's get to our questions. Okay. Is this is this your favorite part of the show? Yes. Sometimes, <laughs> like I, I, we talk AEW, but I like. I've gotten to a point where I read some of them, but then I like to read some of them for the first time as we're taping <laughs> to be caught <laughs> off guard. But then we have some that are too hot for podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where we're like, oh, that, that it's like my id. Yeah, there's somewhere like, I'll, I'll text I, I do you write a lot answer. of them. You write some of them where it's like, oh, man, that's a little too saucy. Right, right. <laughs> uh, first, kick things off since we're talking Ring of Honor. Uh, who's your favorite Ring of Honor wrestler of all time? And what is your favorite all-time Ring of Honor match? 
Okay, I'm basic. Brian Danielson. Okay. And my favorite all-time match is Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. Okay. They had a match in 2007 that I actually saw on pay-per-view, and it was absolutely insane. Okay. Uh, mine is Samoa Joe. Uh, I absolutely, like when he was world champ, he was my favorite wrestler in the world at that point. Uh, my favorite match is a little unique. Uh, I love the CZW Cage of Death. So Mojo was in that one too. Yeah, the blow off to that whole feud. Uh, I just awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. I I can recognize there's been technically better matches, but that's just like probably my favorite Ring of Honor match. Of God all time. damn it! Guess who's going to be at the end of Ring of Honor in Lowell? Hmm. Homicide. Homicide. Yep. He probably Shit, will. Man. Tony listens to our show. Yep. We're gonna find out really soon. I mean, he <laughs> showed up on Dynamite that one time and has never been back it since. It was so random. His Grand Slam. Yep. Uh, you know, the tickets go on sale soon. How do you think they're gonna do with that? I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Fifteen thousand. I I don't know the capacity of the venue. Um, it's about nineteen. Nineteen. So <laughs> last year, did they do two shows or did they, they sold? Was they Rampage taped? One big show. Okay, big so show Rampage is taped. taped. Yeah. So it's one big show again, right? Yes, the only issue they had was the train. The train was too late, and it was, yeah. there was curfew during quarantine. Nineteen thousand is a big, big number. I know. Yeah. I mean, and they had they had Danielson versus Kenny for the first time. Well, right. first time. Ever. But even though then, like a lot of tickets are sold before that, you know, like that probably drove up those stragglers, those last minute walkups. But yeah, I think they might need. If Kenny's back, you know they might need something. But, as, as a, as but a I'll tell you, Jordan, that Rochester crowd scared me. That is a low turnout. I, yeah, it was a small small building too. Um, but I think we're really starting to see the bite of Punk and Danielson and MJF. Uh, I agree. all these guys are, are gone. You know, it, mm-hmm. it'd be like if WWE was doing Raw without their top six names. You know, <laughs> like I know, like like Ring of Honor sold out the Garden. Yeah, but can you do it again? Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> Here, I mean, that, that's when it starts to get tough, and this yeah. is where we're at. They want to try to make another go of it. Right. No, I mean, we just mentioned WWE, and the news um, for them is that they might go to TV 14 again. So our next what? Question, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andrew, would you be more or less likely to watch AW if it was officially a TV PG product? Would less that have like, any effect on you? Less. I, I, I just – and it's not like <laughs> – to make fun of what we said at the start, we're all grown up. Yeah. But – um. Like, we went through this. Like, yeah. and the PG era and the WWE, I guess you could kind of mark it between, like, 2008 and, like, 2012-ish. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of my, I think that was sort of the the area where it was like, oh, we're going to go super clean, no cursing, no blood, no blah, blah, blah. It was blah, after blah. Benoit, yeah. I mean, they yeah, Benoit, had the to toy, clean up their the, image. The Mattel contract and yep. all that stuff. And you know, I hate the fact that something like a Mattel contract influenced what a lot of people feel about pro wrestling in general, because there was other pro wrestling out there. There was TNA, there was Ring of Honor. Right. There was Japan. But, you know, WWE was king. And, you know, kind of still is. And they, um, they just, it just wasn't as enjoyable as it could have been had they just kind of let the leashes off. Right. You know, AEW is one where I really do think it's geared to that 14, like that, that teenage <clears throat> male demo. I agree. Like, I think they like that. I agree. Um, I will say that I think sometimes people oversimplify, like say PG bad, TV 14 good for wrestling. I mean, you could be mm-hmm. you could be TV fourteen and be a crappy product. You could be PG and be a really good product. Rock, rock and wrestling was TV PG. Right, exactly, and that's like probably the most successful era. Like, 
ever? I don't know. Maybe the Attitude Era was the was not. But yeah. that's what that's what you're saying. People like immediately look at the last success era. Exactly. And it's like, oh, yep. you got to be that. Yep. And it's we like, we yeah, got to do what worked you know, last. They were TV 14 between 2002 and 2006, and I'm gonna break you some news, guys. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TV 14 gives you Katie Vick sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of a guy who was around in that era. Uh, JR is being slowly phased out as lead announcer. He's been kind of showing up at the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, we mentioned we were talking about Excalibur a little bit. Uh, we'll actually talk about him in the next question, but uh, JR is kind of... Uh, I hate to say it. The less JR, the better, man. Because it does make yeah. it feel a little more special. And he, misses, not, yeah. he misses spots. He misses spots. But what's your favorite or least favorite JR moment in AEW, and why is it the damn dipping dots? <laughs> So that, for those who don't know, when Cody was feuding with Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho was was in the building because he had a ticket. He was, like, showing it. I have a ticket. Uh, Cody punched um, punched a glass door that was separating him, and he unlocks it like a dad who's really mad at his kid. And, and they start fighting um, in the convenience store, and they start, like, they run over, like, a Dippin' Dot stand or something like that. And JR says, not the damn Dippin' Dots! And it was, like, great. Like, it was, like quintessential jr i will say this for jr they're the ice cream of the future andrew <laughs> i do love dipping dots they like, are they, good yeah i mean i'm i'm on a lean diet now so i'll never i can't if i eat them my my heart might explode just a few small dots not a like, whole not a whole like let me let me ask you this if you like took all the if you took a bag of dipping nuts uh-huh. you just stuffed them in your mouth is just like the kids when they said if you had a warhead and you, what was the what, coke and a warhead uh, Coke and Mentos, wasn't it? Coke and Mentos, your head would explode. Like, yeah. would your head actually, would your heart Co- Coke and Pop Rocks, Pop Rocks. Coke and Pop Rocks. Yeah. Like, if you did all the bags of Dip Dots, would your heart explode? Uh, my arteries would clog, so yeah, probably, <laughs> by default. <laughs> um, I will say this for Jim Ross. He got the big stuff right. Like, yeah. like the one I still remember, and I thought it was perfect, when CM Punk returned, he said, this is the, pl- this is the house that Jordan built. This is Jordan-esque. Mm-hmm. I thought that was perfect. Like yeah. that was like, like, like Chef's kiss. Like he got it just right, and he got that. The least favorite is when we were finishing up Daly's place and said, "Thank you for watching WWE Dynamite." <laughs> Shaking my fucking head. Like yeah. that was so bad. I mean, he calls Claudio Cesaro a lot still. Daniel Bryan. Now I do that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's tough. Like, I don't really hold that against him, but. In a way, I should. He's a professional. Like it's your literally your job to get it right. But right, yeah. Um, but we also have another question for announcers. Uh, Pat McAfee signed like a WWE contract, uh, renewed or something like that. Uh, fairly new in the announcing game. So which fairly fresh face? Well, fairly fresh name because one of them we don't know what his face is in the wrestling <laughs> announcing game. It's Jordan Duncan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he's from he's from Michigan. I can't. He's from Michigan, I yeah. cannot confirm or deny. Uh, who do you think had the bigger impact in wrestling, uh, Excalibur or Pat McAfee? I'd say McAfee because he actually I think so wrestles. Too. Yeah, I think yeah. Pat McAfee brings in a different. Uh, he brings in casuals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I he's think, entertaining. I will give him credit when I watch SmackDown. He's entertaining. Excalibur's great, but like he doesn't bring any extra eyeballs to. Like nobody's like, well, I gotta watch no, Dynamite. They listen to issues, uh, and but I want to say he's a part owner of the footage of PWG. 
So he's always oh, got okay. that in his back. I mean, he was a booker for a long time. So uh, yeah, him uh, and Super yeah, but, Dragon. Oh, man. Um, I, I hated Super Dragon so much. <laughs> I don't. Even, I, I don't think. I, dude, he's like Robbie Brookside. I've never seen him wrestle. He dressed like the Great Sasuke, and like I don't know. I just I never liked the guy. Like, there's some of these names where you're like, oh yeah, I know that name. I'm like, I have like Mike Quackenbush. I've never seen Mike. Oh, Quackenbush. I've seen I've seen Mike, but I've seen Quack wrestle a few times. He's he's good. Okay. He's um, comparable but, to like, oh gosh, I don't even know what his style is. Very British. I will say like this. British lucha. Excalibur is he has grown into a place at this point where, as a play-by-play lead, he is amazing. Oh, he's the best. Like, yep. he doesn't miss anything. Yep. Like, he's on fire. Yep. And him and Taz, such a good chemistry duo. Taz is so great. Good. I like Jericho yeah. on on Rampage too. Um, oh, he loves to try to get a rise out of people. Like yep. he said on the last time. Yep, I think they just yeah. try to 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 rib each other a little bit. He but... was trying to rib Tony because they've been they've been doing a weird one. Have you noticed where they got Jr. and Tony doing the background stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> Andrew, which foreign object in AW? Which foreign object in AW would cause war right now? The Young Bucks custom Air Jordans or Eddie Kingston's single can of gasoline? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we see fire in the barbed wire everywhere? Imagine? I doubt it, right? Like, <laughs> where are we again? Do you think they uh, show up at the arena? They're like, mm, this isn't enough. Where's Moxley's glass? Oh, he doesn't have it. <laughs> Get my lighter fluid, <laughs> dude. Can gasoline? It costs a lot right now. I, know. I think it's more, dude. I have to think. What if should I order this pay per view, or should I be able to drive home from yeah, work today? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I mean, well, let's th- let's do the math. I mean, Eddie's gas can is probably f- probably holds like four gallons. Mm-hmm. I would think, but he spills a lot of it too. Like, yeah, because he's like he's like stumbling. And he probably has to fill that place. thing up multiple times a week. I just assume he carries it everywhere he goes. It's in catering. It's at home. He sleeps with it. <laughs> They're in Duluth, Georgia. Yeah. Is Chad Campbell going to be there? Maybe Chad Campbell's Excalibur. Well, know. no, no. Excalibur's not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. definitely not. <laughs> I will say Excalibur says names to, for show, for like for like moves where I'm like, I'm literally writing them down like, I have never heard of that. <laughs> I know. Like, the dude, he's like Mike Tanay in that sense. Like, he knows every like move and every game. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, but yeah, the, the gasoline can, do we see it again on the, the with the Painmaker? Do you think the Painmaker is going to lose his first match? Yeah. I okay. Do. I do. Okay. And okay. we'll find out when this episode's not if I was right or wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, Andrew, you texted me before we went on the air that uh, someone at NXT, what was her name? Corey. Jade. Core Jade threw the tag belt in the trash. She's is she the tag champion right now? Yes, she's right. the current NXT Women's Tag so, Champion. Very so valuable three, title. So it's about as valuable as the one that Sasha Banks had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or the one that Hacksaw Duggan found in the trash. Uh, <laughs> if you could throw any wrestling championship in the trash in perpetuity, which one would it be? I have an answer. Do you want mine first, or do you have one? The TNA Legends title. Okay, I would throw the FTW title away. Because okay. I makes no sense. Like, why is that thing so w, There's about my three to four. Like, I know. How big like, is your can? <laughs> the one that Ricky Starks has. I will say that. The Ricky yeah, Starks. Yeah, like, what, like what is it? Like, he won it, like, in June or July of last year. And I don't even know if he's ever defended it. I think he's I think he's held the belt longer than Taz. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's, he's closing in on Honky Tommy and Icy title reign at this point. 
Yeah, he's gonna have to drop it. I mean, or or do something where yeah. they they tease a breakup. Absolutely, Ricky Starks. Uh, we always throw roses at him. So goddamn good. He has yeah. this one where he poses with the Bucks and the Bucks super kick him at the same time <laughs> while he's posing. So funny. Like he's the, he was he was just an he was as equal of a part of like why that tag yep. even we talked about at the top. Him and Hobbs are so, so awesome together. They're yes. so awesome. And Hobbs is talking more, mm-hmm. like just a little bit. You know, Stark still got that extra gear on the on the microphone. What I love about those guys is those are guys that were kind of you know maybe four months ago, five months ago, almost lost in the shuffle. Like they weren't appearing every week. They weren't getting a whole lot of stuff. Ricky was maybe getting his rampage announcing and they've worked their way into basically they're, they're around every week, whether it's on dynamite or rampage, they are in the weekly rotation. Yeah. Um, he's got that great line that still is in the sizzle reels where he says, I'm the last of a dying breed. Yeah. He's awesome. So like, He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of fantastic, uh, the latest Minions movie has topped $120 million on opening weekend. And the reason why is there's a TikTok trend that emerged where teenage guys would go with all their friends dressed in black suits. Uh, believe it or not, my son wanted to do this with his friends. And oh, my God! <laughs> thank God he didn't. Uh, I can't just, just uh, watch Paws of Fury. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went and saw the, the new Thor movie, uh, and they had the, the trailer for that, and it looks really stupid. Uh, if- if I want to give my Chad Campbell two and a half out of five, yeah, um, I, I I won't spoil it because I don't want people to be thinking they're going to hear an AEW podcast and get spoiled. But uh, there was a twist near the end that I really thought was stupid, where Thor, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah was that singing that one too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a fan of something that happened near the end of that movie, but. Uh, the question is, have you or would you ever wear a suit and tie to a wrestling event? Hell no. 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 Never. No. Uh, listen. You me. saw these people at ringside in Savannah, Georgia that yeah, you like, couldn't stand. I texted you about it. I'm like, who is this idiot? So there's this guy. If you go back and watch the Dynamite and the Rampage, they're on the front row, like all the way on the right. He looks like he's maybe like in some sort of – he looks like Andy Warhol. He's got to be like an indie worker or something, trying to like, like what are you doing? Get himself dude? over. Yeah, like yeah. what are you doing? It was, what was what I was annoyed by. He's sitting in the front row. He reacted to nothing. He cheered for nothing. He popped for nothing. Why are you wasting a front row? Seat? You know why the kid who dressed like Orange Cassidy is cool? Because it's cute. Yeah, like it, it's just a kid. He wasn't trying to be cool. He just wanted to look like Orange Cassidy. Yeah, this is trying to like say I'm a, like I'm better than this. Right. Like this is like the guy with the sign who always had he like Heenan eats dick for like no reason <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> like like oh yeah people this will stand out got a curse word in it. By the way, what did you think of uh, WWE confiscating all signs on Raw? Yeah, hey, you told me about that. What is was there a reason for it? Like how are the kids gonna tell their parents that they're okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> well. uh... If they're going TV 14, they're probably going to have to allow signs. And, uh, well, you know, there were some interesting signs back in the Attitude Era. (laughs) Oh, yes. Very many. Yeah. (laughs) I think I just said one of them. Right. (laughs) Somebody fears Cartman. There's always one of those. Oh, my gosh. Fears Cartman. Uh, Andrew, we now have Lucha Canosaurus. So who do you think would be the best candidate in AEW or out? You can choose anyone. To play fake Luchacanosaurus. Should we ever get to that? Kate. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say Festus. I was going to say Festus. 
Galactus, Luke Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just heard that the Good Brothers are free agents. Oh. Do you care to you care to snag them up again? <laughs> well, the tag division is lacking, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, they get robbed of the wingmen on Dark. Yeah, gosh, man, they're so bad. Like, even, like, I don't watch a lot of BTE um, on YouTube, but I watch a little bit of it, like, when Adam Cole came back, I wanted to go back and watch. They're even obnoxious on that. Yeah. Like, and you want to hear what's amazing? They Now, listen, they may have been, like, like building up their bridges um, when they said this to, I want to say it was Ryan Satin before he joined the Dark Side. But, um... <laughs> Uh, they claimed that they were going to be booked as, like, the big surprise on the premiere of Dynamite instead of Jake Hager. Yeah, w- which would be better? Like, it was so... It would have been crazy, because, like, when you start a company, you just go with what you got, you know? Yeah, and I agree. And that's why I give credit to Cody, and when he found it, like, you had to do... You had to roll with what you had, and they, they carried it for a yep. good while. Now they're all grown up, and like they they got like they got punk and they got Cole and they got like this ridiculous assortment of like talents and tag teams where it's like you can't have a bad show even if you close your eyes, right. you know. If you bring Luke Gallows in, you might be able to. <laughs> but yeah, Kane as fake Lucha Canosaurus would actually get a big pop out of me. I agree. But boy, he's got a belly. I don't know if you've seen him lately. <laughs> yeah, he does, and uh, he's losing fans left and right with some of his political takes, but. Um, so we just got, found out, uh, Ric Flair's last matches, Ric Flair teaming with Andrade against, uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. If you could book his last match, who would you have had Flair face? Sting. Yeah, that makes sense. It would have been Sting. Oh, or maybe Ricky Steamboat. I'm, I'm trying to think of what Sting could jump off of onto Flair. (laughs) Oh, you know what they could do? (laughs) You know how Sting oh, no. jumps off of stuff all the time now? Yes. Just to go to their classic spot, Flair could climb up, but then Sting could slam him off of the <laughs> off the tube. Because <laughs> Flair would always climb up like he was gonna, and then he'd always get slammed off. Sting Someone needs to sl- tell, dude, he did a, a blade job in a hype video for the this tag match. What Flair is wrong did. with him, man? Dude, someone needs to just tell him that if he jumps off the top rope, he will land in a sea of virgins. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was always interesting because you've probably heard the story. He was in that plane crash, like back in the seventies, and because of that, like his back, like he always took back bumps. Like if you watch on the Flair, side, yeah, on the side, like he never took flat back bumps, which is how they teach you to do it. And then here was a guy who, for decades, was considered the best ever and didn't do it the way everyone else did it. So right, like I, I, I was like actually doing this like dumb like nerdy formula thing where i was like okay who are my favorites ever like i go by like the criteria that i like to use flair is like right there in the pantheon like is he the but for me personally i don't know about you maybe you can just tell me Mm -hmm. right off the top of your head the greatest ever like even numerically i looked at i was like man it's brett and sean it's still rick's not for me i think he him staying around too long like Drops it him. Yeah, it hurts. It's For like player... Sting, I think he helped. It helped. Yeah, yeah. But Sting yeah. also had big gaps of time off. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah. And for I me... TNA had, like, a mixed bag. There was things he did that were great. He was able to last with the young guys, but he had some really bad, embarrassing moments. Yeah. yeah. I, I really think Danielson's near the top of the list all time for me. 
Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's one. It's hard for me to even pick a one. Like for me, like it, it circulates. It's Randy, Macho, Macho Man, Eddie, uh, Danielson, Kenta Kobashi. Like those are my my three that kind of rotate on any given day, probably. I'm Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Eddie was great too. So yeah. Um, let's see what other questions we've got here. Uh, I don't know who this is, but you mentioned it. The popular comedy troupe. How do you, how do I pronounce this? Daisus and Mero on Showtime. I don't I don't know them. But okay. they broke up, and they will not be returning for a fifth season. So what wrestling or AEW breakup generally made you sad? Mm. Do you want to just keep it to AEW? Um, sure. Okay. Uh, MJF actually, I've got, and... I've got uh-huh. one outside of AEW. Okay, MJF and Chris Jericho. Okay. Uh, one that I think, um, and now granted they got great matches out of it, but I think when Ciampa turned on Johnny Gargano, it was like, oh man, that was, they were, like, it got the reaction, like the heel turn reaction, but like as a fan, knowing that you weren't going to see like all time great tag matches anymore, kind of stunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you. <laughs> there's two others. One was comedy, and one was real. Uh, when when Austin and Angle, when Austin turned on Angle during the invasion, mm, okay, that yeah. oh man, I, they were so funny together. Uh, yeah. I I know they were like antagonistic for the, like as the odd couple, but they were just funny. And then when they started like doing the babyface heel thing, I was kind of disappointed. I right. was like. I wish they were just kind of doing funny skits. Um, and in real life, when I read in WWF magazine that Macho Man and Elizabeth got worse, that broke my heart. Yeah, and then you hear, like, the story about how, like, I mean, man, if you've ever read Lex Luger's story, like, things oh, got I- real messy for Miss Elizabeth. Um, yeah, like, long story short, like, Lex Luger wrote a book, and um, I read it. Uh, he wound up with Liz, and Liz was addicted to stuff, and she sounds like she OD'd at Lex's they house. They watched the movie that they rented. I know yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. And Lex Luger ended up being paralyzed for years and stuff. Like he was, dudes had some some rough stretches. Lex Luger. What about the Rockers? I mean, I was so young that like, I I don't really remember how it affected me, to be honest. I, I don't really remember. What about the Acclaim the Gun Club? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Mega Powers exploding for me, pal. <laughs> when he did the scissors and he did like the little weak scissors one, one more time, one Daddy. More time, Daddy. <laughs> and he hit him. Oh, by the way, you got that exactly right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you got that on two episodes ago. Yep. Like, I think they're going to be a very popular tag, uh, face, baby face tag team yep. the moment Gun Clubs turn on them. Bing, yep. bang, boom. And yep. they are, dude. The crowd loves them. Like, they're not tag title level, but they're a no. great opening act. Like, they can open any show. Any right. show can open with the acclaimed. Yes. Which is funny because AW, I think a lot of people think, oh, that's where the good matches are. In ring, they're kind of, they're not great. Like, they're not bad, but, like, there's a Cap- lot to be desired Cap- in ring. But yeah. he's not the worst, yeah. you know. I actually follow him on Twitter, and he posts a lot of stuff that he does in indies. Like, so he's at least working to get better, you know. Right, at least they're trying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two more questions we'll ask tonight. Uh, All right. So there was a lot of Buffalo Bills jerseys in the Rochester crowd for Dynamite. The Buffalo Bills, of course, my favorite football team of all time. I've never rooted for anyone else. Uh, <laughs> which fan base has been more tortured in history? Cleveland sports, Buffalo Bills fans, Game of Thrones fans, or WWE fans? I will say you left out Detroit Lions fans. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. But... um. Game of Thrones fans, man. Like, you can't undo an ending. Like, yeah. WWE mm-hmm. is then, now, forever. 
together yeah. and <laughs> and but like the forever is true like it's not gonna go away so there's always there's even as bad as it all as it has been under Vince McMahon there's always that small glimmer of hope of mm-hmm. like maybe things will get better maybe well, they'll have it on rush Game of Thrones ended and you can't fix it right and even with WWE like yeah like I'm out as a WWE fan but it's not like I'm never watching WWE again I don't watch WWE, WWE because I think it's bad if it gets good I'll watch it again you know, no, like, like and I, look, God bless clotheslines and headlines. Listen to their show. Um, they do the recapping. They they make it as entertaining as they can. When all the topics have to do with people being mad and Vince McMahon having hush payments, yeah. like, really, like this is like, and and we have a SummerSlam coming up, and it's the same goddamn match, and it's like I read, I read a funny report today about SummerSlam. It was on Twitter, and it said. Uh, People in WWE creative are upset with the SummerSlam card. I'm like, WWE, you guys made the card. <laughs> <laughs> you think that AEW will try to up the ante over the next uh, two weeks uh, because of SummerSlam coming up? They, they could. Um, I think they're better off to just focus on their own product and not like try to piggyback off of WWE's hot streaks. I think they're better to just... Do what they do, you know. Yeah, they have a. They actually have a three spots coming up, so they got. Worcester, yeah, they got another Worcester. battle of the belts too, don't they? They're all first time uh, locations: Worcester, Massachusetts. I think I said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbus, Ohio, Scott Criscolo's favorite venue. <laughs> Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, <laughs> and Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yep, which is Rampage and Battle of the Belts three. Yep, that'll be August fifth. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, so Game of Thrones fans, is your answer then? Yeah, I mean, you can't fix it. I know they're having a spinoff coming out really soon called House of the Dragon. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. I have a very good wrestling soulmate, Ryan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he literally told me, don't watch it. It's not worth it. The ending ruined everything. So when you go with, like, Cleveland Sports versus Buffalo Bills. Bills. Yeah, because they've, ne- like, Cleveland they've never does, won it. Cleveland has calves with, with, with LeBron, you know. And mm-hmm. even, if, even if LeBron never came back and won, they had LeBron. Like yes. you know, like they had now that in that that Cleveland Indians loss to the Cubs was brutal. Yeah, uh, but that was like whichever NFL championships. Yeah, yeah, they weren't called Super Bowls; uh, they were called NFL championships. But Buffalo, what did they lose? Four Super Bowls in a row. They lost four in a row. Let me ask you this though: What was more brutal, the four losses in a row, or the way they lost to the Chiefs? Oh, the Chiefs, man! Like I don't know the the one Super Bowl where they just missed the field goal wide right, but that Chiefs game. It was just, I get that it was fair by the rules, but it was a game where when it ended, everyone's like, mm, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> you do you, do, I mean, do you think, I haven't followed close, do they have a chance? Oh, yeah. I I think right now they're the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Josh um, Allen, I saw a lot of Josh Allen jerseys, mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Well, because, you know, like the other t- big teams, um, I mean, the Rams obviously won, and they're pretty much bringing everybody back, but they're an old team. The Rams are old. What about the Lions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say this. Around here, people are optimistic about optimistic about the Lions. People like the coach. People like the draft that they had. Uh, the offense, I mean, Jared Goff is the quarterback, but they have some pretty un- interesting offensive weapons. And the offensive line is really good. The defense is butt crack like <laughs> the only the only things i know to be honest i i'm one of, i'm at a point with football to be honest jordan where i like to go into the nfl blind i like to yeah. go in not knowing too many of the transactions yeah. and by by i know things change literally from like 
month to month. But I could literally watch the first four weeks and be like, oh, okay, I know. Who, I, I I got a feeling of like what this team is like. The Saints, they got a new coach and they got a good defense. Yep. That's all I know about them. I I think with Buffalo, we'll we'll put a bow on that question. Out of all like the big names, like the Rams, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Bills, I think those are maybe your four biggest. Buffalo's the team that like they're bringing back the same guys and they're younger than the Rams. So I think that's why they're the favorites right now. The Chiefs, and, and have, the th- they lost their the, kill, you know? Yeah. And the thing for WWE fans, they're tortured, but they kind of like it. Right. <laughs> right. I think they like being teased yeah. for eons. Exactly. Like they don't, they love the guy that hates them the most, which is uh, Vince. Um, one last question. Uh, Elon Musk backed out of his uh, original agreement to purchase Twitter. He might be getting sued by Twitter now, too. Because he had a termination fee for a billion dollars, and he doesn't want to pay it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. rumors, a lot of stuff swirl around about the deals that don't get done. What is your favorite or most memorable almost signing in pro wrestling history? Give us yours first. Waiting for this one. I was just waiting for Musk to back out. <laughs> um, Ric Flair, I was always cold mm-hmm. through, like, shoot interviews. Uh, like I was a source, like a Sean Sapp or something. Um, Flair was supposed to be the Ted DiBiase for WrestleMania Four. Okay, that would have been amazing. Yep. Uh, mine is similar in time in terms of uh, like time frame. I mentioned earlier Nikita Koloff. Uh, I heard years after the fact that Nikita Koloff was rumored to come in and have a run against Hogan, like Hulkamania versus the big, bad, communist Russian. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Nikita Koloff was pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I don't know how, you know, how much of that in was reality versus, you know, after the fact, Nikita, like, oh, I could have had a run, you know. Um, but there's that, and then there's Bruiser Brody, apparently, back in, like, 80s, like, right around when he died. Uh, was offered some money by Vince and he didn't take it. So I'll Bruce tell you a really, I'll tell you a really like you, your mileage may vary this one. I think you're gonna throw this one in the garbage just like Corey <laughs> J did to that title. I heard OJ Simpson was give gonna get a lot of money to be in that match against Piper at WrestleMania. 12. Oh, the Hollywood brawl. <laughs> yes, that's the rumor. What I think the worst if we flip it, what's the worst one? What if Mabel would have ended up being the third man in the NWO instead of Hogan? Oh, oh. <laughs> I saw a tweet that really got it, hit it on the head where they're like, you know, people think that the Mabel third man thing was bullshit. Dude, they had these like surprises and it was like Haku. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> of course they would have done that. Right. Like if they didn't have a better idea in mind. Right. I, 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 they did a surprise and it was Fred Ottman in a fucking <laughs> stormtrooper glitzy glittery man. I always think if it wouldn't have been Hogan, they would have just had it be Luger. But which would have claimed. They would have still. Bischoff has said a million times, Sting. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, I, I think that might have. I don't know if that would have worked. Nothing wor- would have worked as well as it did, obviously. But yeah, you know. Anyways, but yeah, that's about it for us again. Um, <clears throat> we're on the road to all out, uh, but we're just you know we haven't really got on the highway yet. We're still kind of in the neighborhood, like leaving, stopping at the gas station, getting some snacks before we really get on the road. Um, yeah. So, any, any it's closing fun. thoughts? Yeah, it's it's fun. Any closing thoughts, man? Uh, just like Boris Johnson said, "Them's the breaks." <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should do. Maybe they should do WWE the way they do Parliament. Like instead of like instead of having one person run it, 
They should just have, like, the governing body of the wrestlers pick who runs it. Dude. <laughs> I want to end every show now with saying, just like Boris Johnson said, but then just them. say the wrestling theme lyric. Because, like, I know them's the breaks, but, like, them's the breaks, just little like man. Just like Boris Johnson said, I'm an ass man. <laughs> just like Boris Johnson said, them's the breaks, little man. Break it down. But um no, it's gonna get fun. I think we're gonna think have so a too. really good idea of all out when we come back. I think so too. You got two, three yeah. shows that are live, pal, and yeah. it should be fun. Two weeks from now, we'll be into August, and we'll be about one month out of all out. Um, and I, we'll know Punk's back. I, I think yeah. we'll have an idea. Yeah. He, he may not be back on TV, but I think we'll have word emerging by that. Point. I think Jungle Boy will be back yep. to try to confront Christian Cage. Yeah. You think it's a good idea? You think it's good that Jungle Boy hasn't been back on TV yet? You think yes. it's good? That, I think so too. Absence makes yeah. the heart grow fonder. It's interesting because AEW is a show that's super fast-paced, but their stories aren't. Their stories don't suffer from the pacing of their TV show. You know, And they... I think it's because of the injuries. Yeah. I think it's because of the fact that they don't have as many people available. <clears throat> Let's draw this out a little bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe because the MJF Punk storyline, they took their time with that, Wardlow, and the injuries weren't really a factor back then. Maybe it's just good booking philosophy, so... Either way, I'm not complaining. You know, I'm liking what we're getting. So, uh, you know, I think Boris Johnson is too. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a lot of time on his hands. Maybe he can challenge Pack for the All Atlantic Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson is All Elite. <laughs> he can start the Brexit Combat Club. <laughs> Look, WrestleMania 23 had Donald Trump in Michigan. The next time he showed up. He wasn't trying to win pay-per-view buys. He was trying to win votes. Yeah, and he <laughs> he, he did for at least once. So, oh, man. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Boris versus Pac. At all out. <laughs> oh, what about Boris Malenko versus Boris Johnson? Wait, Dean Malenko is not Boris Johnson? <laughs> uh, hey, did you see in Thor when they had the Rock King... Or the rock god. Yes. You notice his yes. throne is made out of scissors because rock beats scissors. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I will say, Russell Crowe, what a fall from grace. Yeah, if I ever meet him, you know what I'm going to say to him? Scissor me, gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, he plays Zeus. I'm not even spoiling. Fuck it. It's yeah. the end of the show. He plays Zeus, and he has this whole horrible spanish accent like it's oh so see i terrible. thought it was supposed to be greek because he's a greek guy <laughs> i don't know what he was like dude like yeah it was, it was goofy it was have goofy. you seen this market of like the the action stars like when you go to the gas station you see those dvds and you see those movies yeah like the five dollar movies like the five dollars movies that like nick Cage does yeah, and yeah. russell crowe does like russell crowe had this one where he's like on a road rage and uh <laughs> And, like, supposedly, like, they do that because they get paid really well as stars to do them. And the turnaround is so easy to make money off of because you could just get video on demand and make your money back because the budget's really small outside of the star being paid. Also, they get executive producer's credit. Hmm. I wonder if wrestling should adopt that philosophy. Like, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, what what if, like, wrestlers were, like, executive producers of their own episodes? <laughs> that would be awesome. And we can have credit. <laughs> yeah. This episode brought to you by Griff Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God! If Brian Pillman Jr. was the executive producer of a Dynamite, <sighs> I might never watch Dynamite again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joining clotheslines and headlines if Brian Pillman ever wins a match on you Dynamite. You think they should bring back credits in wrestling? Oh, like WCW used to do? Yeah. Eh, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, sports. I mean, sports doesn't do it. Right. Yeah. They just they just do the signature and they're out. Yeah. You know? Same here. No, I think it's kind of a campy thing that we like but if they did it now it would feel a little too tongue-in-cheek make sure to listen to the credits at the end of the show guys (laughs) and wherever you're going if you're listening make sure you turn around and make Brody King is not behind you because he might be in the wild looking to powerbomb you into whatever he can Get to you 